school's out for summer, boomers! Yeah! Which means it's time for another annual special installment of the podcast Woo! that serves as your online guide to the Sega-sational world of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic. It's Sonic the Holiday Special! Yeah! We, as always, are your humans who think we're in charge. My name is Chris McFeely. My name's Dave Bulmer, here to enjoy a bit of sun, sea, sand, Sonic, and service stations, where we're going to pick up our coffee <laughs> <laughs> of this holiday special. Sunsea Sound Summer Service Stations and Summer 1996. Yeah! Oh, and what a summer the it was. The last of the summer specials. Yeah, the last. Well, well that's not actually quite true, because there is one more, but it's 100% reprint. I'll go a step further, Chris. I think that for me, this was the last of what I would consider childhood summers altogether. Oh, well, you know, I don't remember what I was doing in Summer 1996, but... I do remember that in 1997, mm. that was the first time my family went to America mm. for a summer holiday. The end of innocence. A little bit. Whereas before, we'd always been going to Portugal. So we had a set place we went and then familiar places we would visit. And then mm. 97 was somewhere entirely new. There was another family who came with us as well. And we all were in one big place together. It was whole different. So yeah, you know, similar vibes. Mm, yeah. In the summer of 97, I was whinging and moaning and grumping and griping because I was a whingy 15 year old by that time. But here I'm still drawing comics. I'm still having a nice time making tapes with my brother, being a kid and reading three super speedy stories. Plus a feature on how to draw Sonic. Yeah. A Sonic interview keeping pace with the Knuckles interview yes. from the Knockout special. Pinups and more, plus watch out for Sega World. A little weird that they went pinups and more, uh, plus Sega. So what, what's yeah. the and more? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the more. Pinups and more, such as specifically this Sega World feature, and you can win a Sega Saturn. High speed thrills all the way, it says down across the bottom. Yeah. Relating to, well, I, I was going to say relating to the cover illustration, but of course, no, because it's Sonic. It's Sonic. It goes fast, and that's why it's high speed thrills. But the cover yeah. does depict Robotnik zooming along on a roller coaster with a big old Hawaiian shirt on him shouting at Sonic through a megaphone. Yeah. And Sonic is Elson posing to the max on the cover uh, up in front, taking a one foot swung out in front of him, one fist swung forward, one arm swung back. A demonstration there of foreshortening. Because it's an Elson cover. Yes, didn't say that. that that's why he's Elson posing. Question. Robotnik. Mm. Megaphone. Mm. Hawaiian shirt. Mm. Is this a reference to something later in the comic? I think so, yes. yes. Which is bizarre. Yes. Like, why would that be the one you would choose to make the cover be about? I don't know, but but I do like it. This is a real good cover, and it's always yeah. good to see Richard Elson on the cover. Look at his big hairy leg. It, yeah, I know! you can Because he's got his shorts <laughs> on, so you can see, see his hairy, hairy leg! Yeah! Uh, we mean Robotnik, not Richard Elson. <laughs> it's a great drawing. Grimer's behind him, worried because he's a bit scared of the roller coaster, probably. And the roller coaster is just like twizzling and whizzling off into the distance like a big curl. And it's just, it's a really good cover and it really makes you A, want this, and B, feel summery. Because, as we'll discover, the Hawaiian shirt isn't really because it's summer, but it that's what a, that's what you wear in the summer. It feels summery, it feels warm. I don't know what these, there's balloons everywhere. That's kind of summery, I guess, if you like going to the theme parks in the summer. There's a little bit of awning here just off to the yeah. left as well, the red and white stripes. He, oh, they're at the seaside, aren't they? It's like a they? little they're seaside at, resort, yeah. Brighton Pleasure Beach or whatever, aren't they? Yeah, so there's a roller coaster and there's balloons and stuff. Control Zone! 
Okay, cracker open, and we have a welcome wave, not a control zone. Still probably no, going to no. use the jingle, but it's called a welcome wave. Like the Knuckles Knockout special, this one's edited by Audrey Wong, the assistant editor of the regular STC. But uh, the STC vibes are much stronger mm. off of this special than, than in any previous special, I think. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that there's all these misplaced commas and apostrophes that we what noticed the in the Knuckles Knockout special on? throughout this. It properly is a comma-tastrophe. Out of the gate! Yeah. High comma there. That feels like it's out of like a style guide from the fifties or something, doesn't it? Like I can, <laughs> I can buy that my mum was taught to write a comma after high, but of course they wouldn't have said hi there in those days. So no, that would be a no manual of style. No, no, no. All you need for a perfect summer is sun, sea, and this Sonic holiday special. While school's out, Sega's King of Spikes. That's a new one. It's not really going to go down in history like Cool Blue was. No, not really. Like that. King of Spikes. Or Blue Blur. Is all powered up to keep you entertained in style, joined by other familiar Mobian figures. Oh, there are Moby. sizzling new Sonic stories. Yeah, just nice to hear it, isn't it? You hear it mm. so rarely these days. Yeah. A scintillating Sega Saturn competition, scorching Sega World news, and that's just for starters. This special is guaranteed to outshine all others, even the one showcasing that red, comma, dreaded, comma, echidna. That is... So for all you... What is going on? Not red... Not... It is as if to say he is both red and fearsome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is not untrue. But obviously it's meant to be red hyphen dreaded. Yeah. Because he has, he has dreads that are red. Yeah. Not that he is a dreaded echidna no. who is red. No. And I still, even there, I'm not, I'm not sure about that last comma. Even then. Oh, no, that's not supposed to be there. It would be going in between. Because, if I mean, if it was meant to be that you that uh, he was a fearsome echidna of a crimson hue, he would be a dreaded red echidna. There's just yeah. a certain manual yes. of style in the way you put those words together. Right there, that, yeah. That, I, it took me a moment to agree with you because I was like, no, 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 Red Dreaded is the right... And then, no, that's because I'm thinking of Knuckles the Because you're thinking of Red <laughs> Dreaded, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the hyphen, yeah. So for all you Sonic Seekers out there, remember, stay true, blue, and cool. There's an Oxford comma there. Yeah, so I, I think that's I feel like I was fine. reared with a very firm hand against that. Uh-huh. But no, I, I practically insist upon them now at this point. <laughs> We've got a contents page, and we don't need to read you the contents of the contents page, because you'll find out by listening. However, it says in the corner, Attention! Sonic want apostrophes to hear Ugh. from all of you. Mm. Write in, say hello, and tell him what you liked or disliked about this Sonic holiday special. Well, I disliked the apostrophe in the word once. Thank you very much. So I'm going to write into Sonic holiday special 25 to 31, Tavistock Place, London, WCIH9SU, and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> Why write a letter when you can send your email to sonic at egmont.co.uk? What greater feeling has mankind ever experienced? What have you ever, what have you felt in your life better than the feeling of the first day of the summer holidays? <laughs> oh my God, Dave. <laughs> the first day of the summer holidays. Rivaled only, perhaps, by the half day of school the last day before, before the, the first yeah. day of summer holidays. I can't holidays. decide. It might, that might be better. Where, is, it, is it the day before the summer holidays or the day of? See, right, so day before, 
with that school is not functioning properly feeling of elation. Like, mm. the teachers suddenly loosening up a little bit, being a little bit friendlier. Did you have that? Maybe a little bit. That's not that like, a little bit. I mean, we, were, we were talking a little bit about the old half day yeah. of Doom just an episode or two ago and the, my board game getting flipped over because I was getting chancy with yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? You, there's no other day when your board game's going to get flipped over at school. That's never going to happen the rest of the time. How about this one? The stuff on the walls getting pulled down and handed out to be binned at home. You drew that. You take that. <laughs> you know that? Or is it the day of where you've got fizzy drink, videos to watch, the nicest normal lunch of your life, and probably, uh, if your mum was anything like mine, a trip out to town to find some new stuff to spend your pocket money on keep you quiet for the next few days? <laughs> probably would have done that on the saturday since school would have typically ended on the friday you know i'm counting so the saturday that's what i mean i mean oh, you, you kind of see, see that's the thing no to me yeah the true first day of mm -hmm. of summer holidays is mm -hmm. the monday because that's the first day that it's not the same you i know? agree with you but it doesn't have that same feeling that's the thing if they could if you could just true, it's true if, if you could there's no way around it. You can't hold off. You can't just hold in all your emotions until Monday. They happen on Saturday True. regardless. But, yeah, Monday is when you really sit and reflect. Like, yes. Yes. That's whenever the, the kids' stream comes on on Channel yes. 4 in the morning. And you get saved by the bell. And, yes. Uh, I wish I could remember a single other thing they ever <laughs> showed. Happy Days was definitely on there towards the end of the block, you know. Uh -huh. Did you have, um, now not Channel 4, mind you, but Whack-A-Day. That was meant to be a holidays thing. It didn't sync yeah. up with our holidays, unfortunately, but did, did it with you? No, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like Most of the Brit stuff came in a little mm. bit after our mm. summer mm. holidays started here. I think we talked about that a long time, yeah. probably on our very first holiday special. Probably, presumably, yeah, because I um, he's in Ireland. I am in England, but for some reason in Leicestershire we had slightly different holiday dates, so things didn't quite always line up. Yeah. I was always rare to understand that the Brits... Only got their summer holidays about halfway through July, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to at the start of it, like we did. Yeah. Do you know, and I do seem to recall that, like, towards the tail end, and I guess this is that, because it's, you know, I'm considering this my last childhood summer, it did, suddenly we were given long summers, suddenly, whereas we didn't before. Like, it suddenly became two months or something. Something happened. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. I can't conceive it anymore. Two months to do yeah i mean now my mum thinks that's what i do now <laughs> no but it's like you could give me two months to do fuck all now and yeah. it'd be great yeah but it'd be gone like that yeah, yeah how long did two months last yeah when i was 13 you know i can't you know i, I want that feeling back it's not that i want two months off doing anything yeah <laughs> necessarily no i want the sensation of the infinite stretching out before yeah it's you on the first day of the summer holiday particularly the first day because even you are aware to some extent of time ticking by as it goes down i remember being like yes three weeks left mm, two weeks left and i'll make use of it yeah yeah when you get towards the end yeah yeah but that first day you sit down in front of a cartoon and there is not the remotest voice at the back of your mind telling you that at any time you'll have to stop. <laughs> and that we can never experience again. Like, even just because we know we'll die now. <laughs> <laughs> Oof! <laughs> it's all just going to stop one day. <laughs> yeah. 
I might never get this season of this cartoon finished, you think to yourself. Whereas when you're a kid, bang a video in the slot, full palm slam that VHS in the slot, and you... Although, at the same time, though, yeah. when you were a kid, you never believed you would watch all of a cartoon. No, that wasn't they... the aim. Disappeared off into the distance. No, they just... went on forever. Yeah. Even the ones that only lasted 13 episodes. Yeah, you never knew. The, the idea that that was all there was of them. You never conceived that. No, no. never crossed your mind. The, okay, I've seen this one before. I'll just wait until I see one I wait haven't seen before. Wait a new one loops around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Willie Fogg. Complete story, 26 episodes. Nami, it lasted for years. I feel as if I probably got the hang of the fact that that specific series had an ending, because that was the entire point of it. <laughs> if there, no, no. There are 80 infinite, days until this ends. <laughs> nah, there are infinite countries in the world. There is no set number of countries in That's the world. That's true. He could have gone to any that of them. True. Every single one of them, every episode, a new one, a set route, a very mm. specific path around the world. Nah, could have gone from anywhere to anywhere, week on, week off. You ever revisited that one? I own the DVD, sir. It's yeah. top quality. It's gripping stuff. When we when we sat down to watch, when the DVD came out and we watched it just for laughs, like, oh, we're, we're watching a thing we used to watch. The end. By the end of the series, we're like, come on! Come on! Get around the yeah, world! That's a great show! He's gonna get you! It's the piss out of Dog Tanyan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like dog sh**. <laughs> Righty ho. So that was just me opening the windows because it's flipping warm. It's always nostalgic when I listen back to an episode where I go, I've had to open the windows because it's so hot. Do you know, I've been thinking that really. <laughs> I've always been a winter person, but in my old age now, I'm really starting to feel like I'm appreciating and looking forward to someday where I can go out for a walk in the sun. Out for a walk in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a very <laughs> melancholy attitude towards the weather <laughs> in the first quarter of this year thus far, or mm -hmm. <laughs> I have this abstract thought. <laughs> it's like, ah, it'll never be warm again. Do you remember when it was warm that time last year? <laughs> it'll never be warm again, and then summer will come round and I'll be like, Jesus, the heat yep. of this place, what yep. can this stop? Yep. <laughs> just be that's thing. I'm yeah, that's the thing. It's nice now, but I'm dreading it. Exactly like what we were talking about. You can't just start a cartoon without knowing you're going to die. You can't <laughs> just have a nice day without knowing it's going to get too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Very ennui-filled special. Isn't it? Oh no, we're still on the satin at this point. Oh ennui! Uh, <laughs> so, um, breakout. <laughs> well, don't say it like that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going a little silly. Yeah, this is turning into a silly one. <laughs> That's good. They should all bring a bit of energy to the proceedings. All be silly, yeah. Breakout, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Nigel Dobbin, colours by Tim Bollard, letters by Ellie DeVille. Sonic and Tails break the last of the Emerald Hill folk out of prison in the Metropolis Zone, but Robotnik hunts them down in a huge spider mech before they can make their escape via a starpost. The mech provides a challenge, and Sonic, pushed to his limit, transforms into Super Sonic. In his berserker rage, he dispatches Robotnik, then turns his wrath on an Emerald Hill pig, who he apparently kills. When the smoke clears, though, it turns out Super Sonic wasn't attacking indiscriminately. He knew the pig was a disguised badnik that Robotnik was using to track their movements. 
So, first impressions. Oh, wait, this is good, though. Yes, exactly. I mean, we have come to expect a certain level of quality from yeah. the summer specials after the last yeah. two and the Knuckles one, to be perfectly honest, even yeah. though Kitching wrote a story for the Knuckles special that spun out of events within the comic itself. Uh, but this, this is, it's not just that this is good. Mm -hmm. It's that it makes the whole comic feel like Sonic the comic, mm. the summer special, yes. in a way that the previous specials simply have not. This is a story that's set... Uh, a little bit before where the comic is currently, because the comic is currently embroiled in the biggest supersonic story <laughs> it'll ever do. Uh, great to have an appearance, an unexpected appearance by Supersonic. Yeah. Always a treat, though. Yeah. But yeah, this is set. It feels like Robotnik's big proactive stance in this one is, you know, tied in with his new attitude, his, yeah. his increased campaign of fear over in the main strip, and the idea that it's about Sonic and Tails rescuing the last of the Emerald Hill folk who are still in prison, taking them to the floating island where they can be safe. Mm -hmm. uh, Grimer's in it. Well, he wasn't in last year's. He was in the first year, but he's in it, and you just seeing him be in it, you know. And, uh, and it, I mean, it's drawn by Dobbin as well, yes. you know, compared to the Knuckles special, which was all Mike White art stuff you don't mm. normally see in this. This just looks and feels 100% like a regular STC strip. Yeah, it's quality. And I've been opening these expecting them to be bad. Like, I was not looking forward to reading this. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. Because, and I lumped them in with the, the poster mags as well. Many of yeah, which, yeah, not yeah. all of which, but many of which were like, okay, you've got to read this now. And then... That was what the summer. That was the second summer special. Was right. It was a load of. Was that the one that was a load of reprints of poster mags? Reprints, yeah. And and, and like, Rhino Neil. <laughs> and so to see here a good strip by the right people and enjoy it and properly think that it's good. It's really set me up for the summer. This really has Nigel Dobbin on the art, bro. Yes, it's the two Nigels. Yeah. We talk a lot about how great Nigel Dobbin is at the mystical vistas of the floating island, but we don't get to see him do Sonic much. And here he shows he can do concrete walls and like standard Sonic stuff as well. Because we remember back to his very first strip in the poster mag, which was a Sonic and Tails strip, mm. and it was a bit rough. You know, like the strengths of design and everything were there. Oh, yeah. The artistic ability was there, but the Sonic character renderings were a bit oof. But look at this. Look at the lovely little he has well, well and truly sorted out drawing Tails. Tails was the main thing that was up with his first attempt. Mm. He was drawing a weird little old man guy. Whereas this, you know, it's 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 frankly like the Sonic movie glow up, but for Tails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just adventures, Tails. He's clearly yeah. got the the reference art pack, but he's doing it so. Well, there's there's really only one thing wrong with what Nigel Dobbin is drawing these characters as. Have you spotted it? One thing wrong. Yeah, and it's egregiously uh, wrong, and it's wrong throughout. Uh, and it's a boobity boop boop. Is it a boobity boop? I hadn't, I it hadn't is. noticed. Check out well, every single panel, Sonic's arms. Good God, I hadn't even noticed. No, it took me right to the end of the issue, because he's so good that you're not paying that much attention to it, but he has got blue arms consistently yeah, throughout. throughout. This whole comic. Well, that's not Nigel Dobbin's fault. That's uh, that's Tim Ballard's fault. Oh, yes, you're right. There you go. Nigel Dobbin completely absolved. Absolved. No problem. Ballard doing a very nice job coloring, by doing the way. Doing a great job. We had Steve White coloring Dobbin's art in the Chaotix strip recently, but uh, it wasn't so hot. I did not realize it wasn't Nigel Dobbin. I mean, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, there are differences. But like, yeah, you can see the differences. Yeah, but it suits the art this time. Look at the Grimer on page three. How great does Grimer oh, look? Oh, man. Oh, look at him. 
him like he's made out of Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, and and that angle on him on the first appearance, mm. like it's a it's a real like worm's eye view and very dramatic. And like because Grimer's tricky to draw. He's an odd set of shapes. Yeah, doesn't bother Dobbin. He doesn't care. He'll just draw anything. Robotnik's in this little barber's chair, you know, it's raised up on a pole. <laughs> on a huge pole. He's surrounded by all these screens. Yeah, there's no need for him to be up on a pole chair. It's just his screens are really high, so he's gone up bring there. Bring the screens down, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a very... It's... It's... <laughs> It's not the barber's chair, is it? It's the Bugs Bunny Barber of Seville chair, isn't it? <laughs> Robotnik's really aggro in this one, though, and that does yeah. feel like it's yeah an outgrowth of what's been going on with the character in the comic recently. Like he's given Grimer a throttle, mm. and that's not something he's really done. That's been more a sort of comedy thing. You remember when he Grimer oh, time I disappeared whenever oh, he yeah, made yeah. plans invisible or whatever. But this is properly like all right. I'm a little scared actually. But also the uh, <laughs> the the actual line is yeah. <laughs> this is your fault Grimer you were supposed to find Sonic you need a good strangle to make you work better <laughs> a good strangle yeah. love that panel though because the chair descends and yes. Robotnik bounds out of the chair and grabs Grimer and it somehow it all happens in one panel yeah it goes from being up top yep to being floor level yep. Robotnik out of chair already in a and you can feel the and the, the smash was, down of the chair and the way that probably like Robotnik almost sort of levitates out of the seat as it falls yeah. out from under him and yeah because he's not going to full weight great panel love the Fanta- I was just yesterday I think I was reading an article about this about like you know notable panels throughout the history of comics cape comics because that's all they care about mm-hmm. where you know no, all of this couldn't happen in a single moment, but we know to read it in a certain way. And this is one of those. This is proper, proper comic storytelling in one image, this is. It's great stuff. Nigel Dobbin. And then, as you're looking at that and appreciating that, you can see out of the corner of your eye what's opposite that on the page, which is the reveal <laughs> of the egg spider thing that Robotnik... That's what it would be called today. The egg the spider. Egg yeah. spider. Yeah. yeah. Although maybe that's what they call the, the spider one from... Uh, you know, the one that you ding it from side by side. Oh, what? In Sonic Mania? Yes. The one with his niece in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a good design, and it's such a Nigel Dobbin design. And I get... I've, I just realised now that we talked about that carriage in his first appearance, mm-hmm. in Dobbin's first appearance. Mm-hmm. We've never forgotten that carriage. It's because it's so good. It's so good. It, all it needed to be was just a cart, like a prison cart, to take people away. And he drew this this gilded egg thing. Yeah, it was a big egg. A Fabergé egg. Yeah. Now I look at this and I realise, oh, would he have done that normally? Or was it because Robotnik's into eggs that he chose that shape? Because that's mm. what I'm thinking here with this egg-shaped thing with spider legs. Yeah. But I don't know, because it could just be that that's a shape Nigel Dobbin slots into, because he does. I would lean towards the egg myself, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> that's a, also a quote from Dr. Robotnik. I lean, I towards, lean the egg. towards the egg myself. <laughs> that, that's him looking at the sandwich aisle in Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you like for lunch today, Dr. Robotnik? It's a meal deal. Well, I lean towards the egg. <laughs> Robotnik and Grimer popped to Tesco for a meal deal. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean they pop? He would send Grimer. Yeah, yeah. Grimer is the one who has to go (laughs) to Tesco to get the sandwiches. (laughs) Tesco zone. I mean, they could have bad nicks go to get them. Yeah. But uh, but no, Robotnik would send Grimer. (laughs) Now, that's a Sonic's world. Grimer has has to go pick up Robotnik's lunch. Yeah. 
And all of the stuff that gets in his way. That actually is a sonics <laughs> rule. SDCO, get that one written. No, don't. Give me it. I'll do it. <laughs> Tesco Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, furthering the feel of the whole... So- like, we've, we see the caravan and the star posts and everything. What do you call that kind of dog? Uh, where? A little white white guy. Oh, I know. Oh, I suppose it's not, it's not as clear as it actually No idea. Looks, we should, I, I, we, it's a shame yeah. our dog expert, Abby, isn't here. <laughs> Abby Bulmer, dog correspondent, answering your questions about dogs. And I have got in touch with our dog expert, Abby. I've shown her this dog and asked what kind of dog would you say this is. And she says, a bad dog that got thrown in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we haven't actually said that the little Mobians are wearing classic uh, grey prison jumpsuits with the little arrows on. <laughs> Thanks again, Abby, dog expert. <laughs> if you've got questions about dogs, send them to Abby Bulmer, dog correspondent. One of the Mobians says, I thought Robotnik had destroyed all these things. All the star posts, yeah. All except this one, pal. We carry it around with us in this caravan. It's the only way you can get to the floating island. Makes you wonder why Tails had to fly Porker there in the biplane, but never mind. Okay, yeah. Given the force field and everything, which we did flag up at the time, Right, I okay, think. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but never worry. And then, like the first strip in the Knuckles special, Mm -hmm. this story is split into two parts. Yes. But this one appears to have actually been written and illustrated to be broken into two parts. Because it ends, the first part here, on a full page, splash image cliffhanger of Robotnik storming over the rooftops, crushing buildings beneath him in his egg spider. I'll call it that. Yeah. calling it that. Come out and be destroyed! Ah! End of part one. It's so good. Uh, uh, look at it. Uh, look at it. <laughs> I wish... The only thing... The uh-huh. only thing I'd say about it... All I would say is... I wish it was mostly grey... With some red bits... And a little yellow and black hazard stripe around yeah, it. Yeah, I'll because give you that. it would really look like a Dr. Robotnik boss mech. It is drastically missing a yellow and black hazard stripe... Somewhere on it. Yeah. That's it, though. You know, that's that's the height of my issue. <laughs> but is it the height of this issue? Listen on, readers, and find out. <laughs> Read on, Very listeners. In between part one and part two, uh-huh. like in the Knuckles special again, we have fact files. Yeah. This time, it's the Freedom Fighters. Tails, Amy, Johnny, and Porker. I love... That the te- so it's Tails first, and I love that this canonizes an arc for Tails. Yeah, that has been we could have observed it, but I think I've kind of taken it to be just like, oh yeah, this writer did this or this writer did that. Exactly right. You could get the sense that it was just a new writer came on and decided to put a bit of respect on Tails's name. Yeah, but but it says here so official name Miles Tails Prower. Characteristics. There's kind of two characteristics sections because it's they all get official name, characteristics, combat skills, and then just a sort of paragraph about profile them. bit. Yeah. Mm. So characteristics and the profile are kind of similar, but anyway, characteristics. Growing more confident, courageous, and clever with age, Tails still looks up to and models himself on Mobius's heroic hedgehog. Good stuff. Like it. And in the final paragraph, the combat skills just says it can fly, it says, Having already defeated a number of Mobian villains single-handedly, yeah, Tails has... Well, 
he got Tantrum to cry that rock face stone on top of Fleabite. Yeah, I suppose that's not exactly single-handedly, yeah. And he teamed up with various people on... Okay, so maybe teamed not teamed up with Knuckles to beat Trog and Arrow. So, but not with Sonic, anyway, mm, I think is the yes. point. Sonic's never seen it happen. Tails has made a name for himself as a respected underground hero. It's a far cry from his younger days as a pixel-brained little cub. If only the others knew the truth. I flipping love that because I love it. Yeah, it's it. So that does tell you that at least now, Nigel, because this is Nigel, right? Probably, it's got to be the way he's got this total handle on the characters and remembers what happened to them and stuff. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is it's well written anyway. Whoever's putting it down, mm. it just it does it canonizes this idea that Tails used to be younger and that was when he was Pixel Brain, and now he's just got cool. He's just grown up a bit and he's good at his job and love it i tell you the funny thing is when i was reading it and it talks about him having defeated a number of mobian villains uh-huh. and i'm sitting there thinking yeah well he took out fleabite and uh, there was that moth from the last issue and there was uh, yeah and i was like oh uh, yeah and like the whole thing with the flock and not sample <laughs> yeah and, and, and all that stuff and the goblins and everything and all that, i forgot any of that even existed you know yeah. when i started talking about tales with respect blue stringer <laughs> stories were the only ones i could think of <laughs> kind of edit out those other ones yeah Amy's has a similar uh, sort of thing going on here. It feels a little bit retroactive what it's doing. Uh-huh. It describes her as being smart, confident, and full of attitude. She has a wicked sense of humor and loves winding Sonic up. Mm-hmm. That's a very recent addition to the comic lore. You know, that's only very explicitly been communicated within the last couple of issues. Right. And it's been tremendous fun. It's been great. But the uh, retroactive bit is that it says Amy quotes accidentally became involved with the Freedom Fighters by claiming to be Sonic's girlfriend. That almost makes it seem like she was already working the angle like we saw her doing in the Plasma story. Uh uh, Pretending to be his girlfriend to needle him, nudge him in the right direction, get him to do what she doesn't want him to do by pretending that she don't, you know. It makes it seem like that was her way of getting in. Getting eyes on herself by pretending to be Sonic's girlfriend. It's kind of like rewriting history a little bit. I did not think of that. Johnny's profile is quite famous. Oh, is it? Uh, oh, is this? Well, this is the profile that describes... His characteristics this are the thoughtful, calm, easygoing, and a general nice guy. Uh-huh. So, boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the boring one. I like the uh, combat the skills. The responsible one, I like to think of him as. Yeah. The combat skills describe him as uh, he rises to the occasion when giving Badnik some stick. Uh-uh, some stick! <laughs> got a big stick! stick. <laughs> like a rabbit stick. <laughs> But the profile says, preferring to stay out of the limelight, Johnny leaves the tough talking to the others. He'll give credit where it's due and has sprung to Amy's defense when Sonic is making a mockery of her. We've seen that once or twice. If the truth be known, Johnny has more than a secret admiration for Miss Rose and ideally wishes she was his girlfriend. That is the pretty much the only time that ever comes up. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. This is what cements to me that Nigel's written these. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just in his head, isn't it? That feels like a little bit of lore that he never got. Like, there's been a little bit here and there. The uh, Badnik's Bridge story, back a year and a half ago now, when Johnny was complimenting Amy on her bow skills, and Sonic was like, "What are you remember that?" Yeah. He was like, "What? No, shut up! Uh, nothing. No." Yeah. That's the closest there's been any kind of indication of it before now. Yeah. And here it is, you know, put down in words, and I don't believe it ever actually comes up again. No, I don't think so. 
it makes me sad because I feel as if Amy might have been up for it because she's only making fun of Sonic. Yeah, but I also don't want this to turn into Archie furry relationship no. drama, so I'm fine without that, you know. <laughs> Last one's Porker. Nervous, cowardly, clumsy, but with a heart of gold. I feel like cowardly is a bit harsh. That's usually uh, described that for when it's a bat, like, you know, bullies are cowards, you know what I mean? Well, he doesn't like to get in there. I feel mm. like it undersells his intelligence as a characteristic. They put his intelligence being in the combat skills section. Mm. Not surprisingly, been known to hide in times of crisis. A thinker rather than a fighter who uses his technical know-how to outwit the opposition. A couple of commas and hyphens in there. They <laughs> don't need to be. I think this is when they where they actually use... Yeah, the, the profile says that his encounter with the Brotherhood of Metallics caused him to suffer a nervous, nervous breakdown. breakdown yeah. like in words right yeah. there. You know, and then he has since moved to the Mushroom Hill Zones floating island. Whoops, whoopsoo! That little floating island that they have in the Mushroom Hill Zone, where he's making a slow recovery. Whether he rejoins the Freedom Fighters remains to be seen, and he never would. Aww. like he's still a, we still like like we've not seen the back of Porker. No, plenty of Porker content to come. But uh, I don't think he ever like takes an active Freedom Fighting hand again. Sad, isn't it? But good. Not really. I mean, it's, no, exactly. it allows his story to be complete instead of... Yeah, and it's a, yeah. he gets a good ending. Gets to go off to the Great Mushroom Hill in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, these are good little profiles. So much better than the Chaotix profile. Yes, exactly. Do you remember how those were just like... They felt like they were written by someone who took a glance at the designs and maybe the manual and, and the then... Japanese instruction book And then just something. did their best, but kind of yeah. got it wrong. This This feels like, to me, like a course correction from them. Where mm. I feel like Nigel's looked at that and got on the phone and gone, listen. Just let me do these ones. I'll do this for a fiver. Like, just... <laughs> of course, you'll remember in the uh, Knuckles special, we turned the page to be greeted by jokes, didn't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this time we get an interview. Yes. Uh, well, of course, we had an interview in the Knuckles special too, but it was also rubbish. It was just a recap of all of oh, yeah. the Knuckles stories thus far. Whereas this is actually a bit of fun. Yeah. This one's good. It's a bit like the Robotnik interview in that it kind of has a story yes. to it and an overarching joke. Sonic speaks out a rare and racy interview. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to make a pun there, but it's not working. <laughs> uh, race Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But racy. Yeah. 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 And the uh, the interviewer here is Micro Droid, and I love that. I'm imagining it's Megadroid's mini me yeah. that he sends out to do interviews. I don't know if that's necessarily what they intended with it, but I can't help but imagine you know a little cassette coming out of him and unfolding yeah. into a little. And this little Megadroid looks like the original design of Megadroid to me. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm imagining him without legs. Yeah, and he's probably got like a microphone instead of a hand. Yeah, why or something like that? Why isn't there a drawing of Microdroid? Why is there no drawing of him? Exactly. Don't make up Microdroid and not draw him. Not to directly petition any of our listeners who, <laughs> who, who draw along with the episodes, but uh, <laughs> so, no. The structure of this one is that Microdroid essentially um, tells Sonic. A selection of quotes and opinions mm. from his friends about him yeah. and has Sonic respond to them, you know. And the first one is like Tails saying he wishes he could be as cool as Sonic. And Micro just says, you're a bit cruel to him at times, aren't you? <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. see that be, be called out yeah. in that manner back in 1996. Yeah. And Sonic delivers the actual correct response. It was like, <laughs> yes, please get media literacy. It's just a bit of innocent teasing, that's all. <laughs> Please get media literacy, says Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> this is famous quote, isn't it? It's written across the bottom of the Japanese that's box. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> get some media literacy. 
I got a good laugh out of the Amy one. The Amy quote is, he's a sweetie, but too cool to admit he loves me. Poor girl's living in a fantasy zone. Hmm. Is there any room for romance in the world of Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> and Sonic <laughs> replies to Microdroid, is that an offer? <laughs> <laughs> Don't date robots! <laughs> Microdroid tries to get things back on topic, but then Sonic says, look, when you're forever battling against Robotnik and his tin pot badniks, you have to play hard to get to stay alive. But honestly, next question. He's really not uh, not lingering on the subject of romance. Like there's a Sega exec yes. standing over his shoulder, is <laughs> like shaking the head slowly, say nothing. And then, sort of semi-controversially at this stage in the publication, they bring up Short Fuse the Cybernic. An- another very STC-specific yeah. thing. Yeah, this isn't just some random Sonic thing. Yeah. It really cries out, we expect you to have read STC to read this one. And they were reasonable to expect that. And then the last quote that they offer up is that Sonic is cooler than an iceberg with shades. (laughs) I can't disagree with that. That's one of my quotes. (laughs) They recount the origin, Mm -hmm. the ROCC, and then it it rounds it up with some uh, quickfire questions that are coming via fan mail. Do you have any faults? Only one. I'm far too modest. Do you ever have time to eat or sleep? I eat as fast as I can run. I have a soft spot for healthy food like chili dogs and gumballs. What's this about gumballs? That feels like it's come from something. Someone feels like somebody's consulting a source there. Yeah. Also, is that the first mentioned chili dogs in STC? Oh, ooh, ooh, it might. Ooh. Ooh, I don't. Because I feel like it definitely comes up again at some point. Uh We've heard it mentioned in, like, letter answers and stuff. But I'm thinking, is that, like, the first, air quotes, in-universe mention of of Chili Dogs? Could be. I've got something right at the back of my mind that makes me feel as if we've had another mention of it recently. I know, it's kind of bugging me. I feel like, you know, somebody will let us know if we are. Could just be that we brought it up, you know? Maybe. I do sleep sometimes, but always with one eye open in case of surprise badnik attacks. And (laughs) the picture they've chosen to illustrate this, I don't remember exactly what issue it's from. I think it might be from Brutus. When Sonic gets gets whomped and is lying in a pile of rubble and he's just weakly opening an eye to see a gun barrel being pointed down at his face. They've zoomed in on the image so that it's just tight on Sonic's face with one eye closed, one eye half open, as if that's him sleeping with one eye open. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, I love this next bit. I love this next one. We robots don't need sleep at all, you know. Oh, is that so? Well, you don't need a slap around the head either, but you can have one if you like. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's proper. I don't much like the look of your face either. Yeah. That's funny. That's good banter. Then, yeah, then it just takes a weird turn at the end here. Microdroid asks him if he'll ever defeat Dr. Robotnik once and for all, and Sonic says, I've always beaten him, but only by a stroke of luck. He's a genius, and one day soon he could just come up with the invention to finally defeat me. And then, yeah... Another Sonic comes crashing through the window, yeah. and this is the real Sonic, and it turns out that he's been interviewing a robot Sonic all this time. Yes. And that's just really weird, because everything else in the interview is perfectly normal Sonic stuff. There's no hint that there's yeah, anything it's weird going on. it's not like the robot's leading him to say things that would incriminate him or anything like that. It's just a yeah. yeah, normal interview. Well, But it's good, though, isn't it? It keeps you reading. It makes it feel like you read something for a reason rather than just taking in some space-filling text or whatever. I guess. It like the Robotnik interview. Yeah. From the 94 summer special from two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, Sonic beats up the robot, and then he refuses to sit for an interview, and he talks so fast that Microdroid overloads and shuts down. <laughs> 
and then the page ends with a note to readers. This is all the information we could salvage from our RoboGiorno microdroid. He is currently recuperating and being upgraded, though it's unlikely he will ever be trusted with another high-profile project, comma, like this again. Aww. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> I want to see more of Microdroid. Yeah. I'd love to see Microdroid be like a little editorial companion to Megadroid. Yeah, exactly. Doing little interjections. Yeah, little pop-up over the shoulder. Right, boss! Yeah, kind of exactly. Interjections in the control exactly. zone. Exactly. Add a bit of flavor to the control zone. STCO. I don't bring it back. Microdroid. Version 2.0. <laughs> Make him look like a... Saturn. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's contemporary. Whatever. <laughs> no, I, I much prefer the mental image of the old uh, 1930s newscaster. What a scoop! Uh, camera, press hat on, flashbulb camera. Whatever he is, I think he's got a microphone on the end of his little stick arm. Oh, yeah. Little stick oh, arm with a little Jetson joints. Yeah. Microphone on the end. Do whatever else you want with it after that. There's got to be a camera lens in there somewhere, too, though. Then it's back to the strip. Breakout part two. It's like they've already introduced the caravan, so now they have to have tales in a thought bubble just explicitly spell out for the audience who may have picked this issue up without reading mm-hmm. regular STC that Sonic travels around Mobius disguised as Bob Beaky in his traveling circus. Then we have a little bit of fighting against the, uh, the egg spider. Robotnik has him in his clutches, and Sonic says, Well, since you seem to have really got me this time, you mind explaining how you tracked me here? Why not? It makes no difference. In seconds, you will be destroyed. And then we pull out and cut away to Tails. Yeah, we don't hear what Robotnik says. We don't hear him. Yeah, exactly. And then, before Tails can get close, Robotnik pitches Sonic through a wall. (laughs) (laughs) And Tails is like, nothing could have survived that. But anytime anyone says that, you know what's coming. Do you know, isn't it rare... That you have that moment where it's like, oh, no matter, you're about to be dead in a few seconds, I will tell you my plan. And then they kill the hero. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. It's so rare to see that, that nothing happens to stop him. He just does, <laughs> there we go, I've told you, and now you're death. Badoof! <laughs> sadly, no, Super Sonic is back. Sadly for Robotnik. Yeah, sadly. Super Unfortunately, Sonic's Sonic the Hedgehog lives for another day. Super Sonic can do this thing that... Now that I think about it, I suppose in STC continuity, mm. Mm. Uh, Robotnik's never actually had to face before. Oh, does he even know about it? Well, we might be charitable and assume that Sonic turned into Super Sonic at some point during the events of Sonic 2 and Robotnik oh, yeah. had to face him then. Of course. But in the second Super Sonic story with the volcano, he saw him through a view screen. I preferred you in the blue. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, good memory. But they've never actually uh, faced one another before. No. And here it is proper, like, Super Sonic booms out the side of the building, pff, collides with the egg spider, punches right through. Where did the spike wall go? I can't see him. And then he literally appears in the cockpit behind him oh. and fist punches Robotnik <laughs> clean out <laughs> through the glass of the cockpit outside. What a moment. Look, look at that. Tremendous. Look at that panel as well. Not like, a motion line in yeah, sight. Exactly. All in the kinetics of the figure and the flying glass. Yeah, and I suppose the crash sound effect kind of creates something yeah, of the, a motion line. Yeah, yeah, an arc. Great work all round. Art, colouring, and lettering. And it's, it's the fact that Robotnik is really far away. Like, Nigel Dobbin has given a real negative space shape for us to look at. You've even got the background kind of ends quite a distance below Robotnik. So you've got mm. these silhouette buildings. And then above them... He really is sailing through the empty air. And he's flipping over upside down. But it just, it's 
very, very well drawn. It's so it communicates the movement so well. And who doesn't relish Sonic laying oh. hands on Robotnik a little bit? It doesn't happen often enough. And then, in fact, all the panels for the rest of the page are just as good. The next one is Robotnik doing a little cartoon bounce off his Boring. bum on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Doing, oh, that hurt. So he's not actually that bothered by it, but whatever, it's still nice. And then the next one is the silhouette of Super Sonic, silhouetted against the explosion of the egg spider with his eyes, you know, the only detail mm. we can see in him, is almost as if they're transparent. God, that's good. And then the next one is he's supersonic, landed and skidded all the way across the length of a long panel all the way along the bottom of the page, coming to a halt going, Where did that fat fool go? Come out, Robotnik, I want to incinerate you! It's well cool. I had a little moment then in the start of the next page where he turns his head and sees one of the Emerald Hill folk, this little yeah. pig. What have we here? Since Robotnik seems to have escaped, I think I'll destroy you. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, because I didn't know what was happening. The discussion we've had over on the regular show recently about how prior to running wild, that was not Supersonic's deal. If his friends could talk to him for long enough, they could bring him down out of it, Camly. He didn't lash out. He got lost in the craze of battle but yeah. here he very purposefully looks at this guy and says ha, 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 crack crack you're next and i was like oh so does this throw a whole yeah. wrench in my perception of how nigel was writing supersonic yeah. is it not a conscious change that running wild has brought upon the character <laughs> supersonic like full body pile drives down on top of this good creates a big flare of energy he drives him what looks like at least six foot into the earth doesn't he into the crust of the planet there is a crater left your big <laughs> steaming crater blue sonic climbs back out of the crater tails is like you've really done it this time you've killed one of the emerald hill folk and uh, I've seen this next panel oh, yeah. out of context before, and I actually okay. didn't know the context for it, which made it which made it genuinely very funny. <laughs> but it was nice to see it. And sort of, which one? Tell me, which which one was it? Quickly, uh, it, it was the pig. But what difference does? Oh, oh, that's all right. I was worried for a minute there. <laughs> and then goes, Sonny, you've killed an innocent bystander. <laughs> But it turns out that the pig was a badnik in disguise, and this is what Robotnik had told him yeah. in the cutaway, that the badnik contained a tracking device, which is how the egg spider got to their location so quickly, and how they would have been able to track them to the floating island and learn the hidden location of the Emerald Hill folk. And Supersonic remembered that, and actively, so like... Whew, okay, nope, that all maps on to my understanding of how Nigel has been dealing with this character. Yep. It's a fascinating stepping stone on the way yeah. to Running Wild, isn't it? Supersonic, shown to turn on an innocent because he knew it wasn't one. It actually makes a really good little bridge to Running Wild. I kind of wish this had come out a little bit earlier, maybe. But, oh, whatever, it's great, isn't it? Hey, second to last page, when Sonic's coming round, he's got white eyes, as well as blue arms. Oh, yeah, he's got... Yeah, yeah. I was going to say blinking pupils, but yeah. the eyelids have been coloured white is really the better way to describe what's Still, been on there. I'm not going to hold it against Tim Bollard because he's great. I'm loving his colouring on this. If Nigel Dobbin hasn't got time to colour in his work, get this guy Yeah, Get this bloke, yeah. Somebody tell him about the arms, and then we're away. <laughs> and then beyond that, yeah. <laughs> nah, this has been a great one, mm. honestly. As you say, like expectations were set to low yes. cracking this open. But then this is just a great, true, full and proper 
STC Sonic story. We just haven't seen the like of it mm. in any of the summer specials before. It feels totally of a piece of what's going on in the main comic at the time. Yep. It's got all the ideas and concepts unique to the comic happening in it. And it's just, it's really, it's it really set things off on the right foot. You know, mm. and, then, and then the features in between, the profiles and the interview, were like leagues beyond what the Knuckles special was offering. I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, this is good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, not just good for a summer special. Yeah. But like, I would have called that a good story if I'd read it in a regular uh, yeah. issue of STC. So it's it's a proper treat for the summer holes. It's got Supersonic in it. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah, because Supersonic appeared in issue fifty, mm. which you may recall I got when I was away somewhere, uh, just a, a short trip away uh, locally, right? Which yeah. was what around an Easter time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I have this association with Supersonic and holidays, right? And that's it. I haven't said it, but let it be known, I didn't get this back in the day. I did pick up the Knuckles one, you'll remember, but I guess I felt that because I'd stopped buying the regular Sonic, the comic, I wasn't allowed to buy Sonic the Summer Special, but Knuckles was just far enough to... Yeah, if you'd have got the Sonic Summer Special, you'd have been a hypocrite. That's what you would have been. Uh, Yeah, I think so, (laughs) basically. That or I might have been like... Oh, maybe I can actually go back and yeah. comic again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if you're an alcoholic, you can't have one sip. Well, it's not specifically that. Yes, but also <laughs> it's the fact that this turned out to be good. Yes, like properly good. The it really could have been a proper off the wagon moment. Do you think you even bothered to read this one in the newsagent like you do with the comic? I remember. Do you know what? I don't remember the stories. Mm. I remember the profiles. You like a profile? I love a profile. You know, my love a profile. But that's the one thing I always remembered mm-hmm. was that the profile said Johnny liked Amy. Mm-hmm. I remember nothing else about the content of the strip, but I remember Johnny had the horn for Amy. Johnny for Amy, IDST. Mobius. Oh, Mobius is Mission Impossible. Um, hey, that's an apostrophe, another stray apostrophe. It's not stray, it's there on purpose, but... Yes. This is a... What do you call these? A Where's Wally? Uh, Hidden image. Hidden uh, image page. Yeah, a Where's Wally is actually a much better way of describing it, yes. Doubling up as a colouring in page, because it's not coloured in. They don't say to do that. Right, yeah. It doesn't at any point tell you to colour it in. No. But they've made it, I think, black and white so that it is harder to spot the things. Yes. which And, that, and that, good. That's a good technique. Um, yeah. But then you're going to want to colour it in. I haven't. My, my, my copy is unsullied. Same. It is a Where's Sonic, not from either of the actual Where's Sonic books they brought out. It's drawn specially for this, it would appear. And um, you have to find Sonic. Also, you have to find two of his gloves, one of which I've just spotted. Don't know where the other one is. You have to find one star post, two power sneakers, and then you have to find <laughs> two chili dogs. And two bags of gumballs. This is why I've lagged it up. <laughs> gumballs. Right, somebody's working off something here. What's going on? We've There's never not had gumballs mentioned as a Sonic thing in the comic before. Was there a recent, you know, Game Gear game that had them that we're not interested in and just didn't notice that was a thing? I- there isn't a promotion going on. I don't think there are any Sonic gumballs available in the shops. There's... Mm-hmm. 
But then beyond finding these, you're also challenged to count up the badniks. Oh, yes. And then you'll get extra points. This is notionally a scored quiz. Yes. You know, you get one point for each of the ten items, and then one point for every badnik you see, and then an additional point if you can name that badnik. Yes. And I, I wouldn't be able to score full points on this, because there's no. too many Sonic 3 badniks here. No. Sonic 1 and 2? No bother, mate. But Sonic 3 is just where I start to lose it a little bit. No, I couldn't name all of these. And interestingly, it doesn't really tell you the answer to that. It tells you what badniks there are. So there's a sort of a... And how many of them there Yeah, are. there's a little answers uh, thing. You know, upside down, of course, because it's a quiz in a comic. So it's like, yeah, there's four Asterons, there's four Aquis, and so on. But if you don't know which ones they are, then you don't know if you've named them or not. I do appreciate, though, that according to the answer key, they are considering buzzers and buzz bombers to be separate things, <laughs> which we have caught them not doing in the past. I've done it in the past myself. It's slightly tricky to identify what the badniks are that are, like, crowding around the camera right here at the front. Mm-hmm. You see them from behind, because the camera's behind them, and they're right up near it. So they're just sort of lines and spikes, really. It's a little bit difficult to tell. I imagine that everything there is also somewhere else in the picture, though. So that's how you figure it out. Yes. Like, that's a roller right up at the very, very front. So on the right, is that meant to be one of the rhino ones? And if so, is that how flat their heads are meant to be? I mean, probably not, but that is what it is. Yes. Um, well, anyway, if you find everything, then... Well done. Good for you. Yeah. Send us an email. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're very special, and your mum didn't hug you enough that you're sending <laughs> in letters to this podcast looking for praise for spotting all the bad nicks in a Sonic contest. <laughs> Well done. The, uh, Get a job. The ca- what am I doing? <laughs> the categories are as follows. If you got over 73 points, you're sizzling. You are without question. Top of the spots. Si- spots? Well, because oh, you spotted, spotted them all, but yes. Not because you're really spotty and a nerd. 60 to 73 points. Hot. Seriously sharp-eyed. Did you notice the echidna in the background? Mm, just kidding. <laughs> 35 to 59 points. Warm. Not bad. Next time, check those nooks and crannies. 10 to 34 points. Cool. Too tough a task to sweat and toil over, eh? That's the best one to be. That's the one. You're a cool dude if you didn't bother doing this. Yeah, but it's also got a random f- comma in there. Mm, yes. the way you, you've read it out I with the comma. I actually read it out it's with the comma. to say... Too tough a task to sweat and toil over, eh? Yeah. (laughs) Too tough a task to sweat and toil over, eh? Yeah, it threw me off. Um, And under 10 points, measly. It's surprising you found this puzzle page at all. (laughs) I like that. I always love those insulting final answers in quizzes like this. Though it does lose the uh, the theme a little, because it's all temperature-based. That's right. Sizzling, hot, warm, cool, measly. Yeah, they've nicked the uh, the chart from that ice guy from that one issue. (laughs) Ooh, isn't it hot? (laughs) T-shirt. Yeah. Keep on rocking! Special it's the pen-up. cover to Sonic Chaos on the Game Gear. Yeah, the Greg Martin cover. Yeah, that's just nice. It's just it's, nice. To, I like seeing yeah. these things as pinups. It's like remember when they give the Sonic Drift uh, cover from, yeah. art as a pinup? Yeah. There's what you want for a pinup. That's the real yeah. stuff that you want for a pinup. And it's Sonic. Uh, I guess in that game he goes on a boingy spring that he takes with him, rather than Probably. normal boingy springs that he doesn't take with him. And he's breaking through blocks, and they're making chunks of rocks. And that's why it says, "Keep on rocking." Hey, it's a special pinup. Yes, yeah, it's a special Nothing pinup. I agree. Bog standard about this. I Actually, agree. It's quite special. The Craig Martin artwork does make it special. Exactly. I like it. Look at how in focus it is, and how <laughs> well much resolution the image has. It's so rare whenever yeah. they actually recycle game elements into posters, or even their own drawings sometimes. But here we have a full resolution picture. That the lovely Chaos Emerald in the hand of Robotnik. There, completely wrong, but I love it. It's like a flat 
wine gum. Well, that's probably what they looked like in this game. It's yeah. a Sonic 1 style, you know? Yeah. Actually, do you know what, I mean, do you know what it looks like? What? It looks like an STC Chaos Emerald well, from back when Sonic yeah. kept them in the box. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, back then, nobody knew how to draw Chaos Emeralds, and so, like, that's probably what they thought they were. It's weird that my idea of Chaos Emeralds isn't based on any of this. I've never had an, I've never held with the idea that they have a point at the bottom when they're Chaos Emeralds. But I also didn't think they were flat rectangles. I thought they were, like, I don't know, round and nuggety in some sort of way. Well, you're basing them off what they look like on the Sonic Gotham screen in the actual games. Yeah, that, and particularly when Knuckles punches them out of you at the start of Sonic 3, they look so little and round, so I imagined that the round, what they now call top-down view, mm. was simply mirrored on the back of the Chaos Emerald, so it was kind of roundish. Yeah, but I, that's what I would have thought too, but I wouldn't have thought it was being round. Mm. I mean, I would have thought that they were as round as these are. You know, th- these mm. are a little... The classic SDC version with the box and everything. They're taller than they are wide, but otherwise yes. the bulge at the front is is not very... Yeah, yeah I, I would have simply given it a slightly bigger bulge. Oh, Because that's what I like in Sonic. Yeah. You like your Sonic with a nice big with bulge. With a nice big bulge. There are websites for that. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll go and look at those. Please do. Live stream it. <laughs> Out of this Sega world. I'm not sure how much we have left to say about Sega world after going into it in depth mm. with Guy and Kat yes. in our birthday episode. But this is another three-page uh, feature telling us about the features of Sega world. Although, to be fair, this one's actually good photos. Uh, yes. I'm not 100% sure I even really read this. Um, I feel like I did, but I don't remember it now. Because I've, you know, edited that episode since reading this, <laughs> that bit. Yeah, well, I, I can't, it doesn't tell us anything we didn't know already. No. There's just some photographs, well, screen captures taken from a promotional video. Yes, the first one is that same promotional video we discovered they were taking them from before anyway. Is that Captain Janeway? Apparently. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Alright, don't know why, but there you go. I feel like we found out that the people who made it put other videos that they'd produced on those screens. So I guess they did some promo work for Star Trek Voyager. But then there's a couple of concept sketches of what it ought to look like. One Mm. of which is just a sort of tone thing. It's like a collage of just images of cool stuff. Um... What? But then there's... Hang on, hang on. You can't just say there's a collage of cool stuff and not then proceed to pick apart this image to define what was cool in 1996. I mean, it's kind of difficult to see what it well, is. Sonic the Hedgehog is there because obviously... Ah, look what they've done! It's the picture of him from the, the Sonic 1 box with his one finger up. Mm-hmm. But they've made it that he's spinning a basketball on that. <laughs> the coolest thing you can do with cool. a basketball. To be fair, that's one of the coolest things you can do. There's a baseball and a baseball bat. There's yeah. a windsurfer. We know windsurfing was in. We had an article mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Sega sponsored a windsurfing team. Various American, an American football footballer helmets. there. And then, actually, 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 wait, this is all sports. Hmm. <laughs> Arena. Oh, because, because it's, it's the, theming the theming for, for the, the sports, sports arena. arena. Plenty here to keep you on the ball. Oh, we tricked ourselves, Dave. We tricked we ourselves. They ourselves. tricked us. They tricked us into thinking sports were cool. No, it's pretty clearly labelled. We just you no, it's called not. it. You no, called it, it cool. It's like and black you text on me. black and white. Yeah, sorry, but it does look cool though. Got to give them that. It's all sports. Yeah, and then you see now this is cool. Two people in virtual reality headsets. Oh, yes. <laughs> the caption on the virtual reality headset. <laughs> the, hey, man. 
This is far out. Commas after hey and man to make it even less cool. Hey, man. <laughs> no, no, that no, that is what you, no, no, that no way you would put it. No, I know you would. You, yes, I you would put you commas would. there. But it just makes it sound to write it down at all. It, it just, just by basically that's the thing. What they've done is they've put correct punctuation on the phrase. Hey, man, this is far out, and it, it, it just we're, it shouldn't do. We're it. just a little oversensitive to commas at this point. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was getting lost there. I thought you were saying they shouldn't be there, and I was like, wait, no, yes, they should. But no, I'm just sensitive now. Grammatically, they should be there, but contextually, they shouldn't. They should have just gone, hey, man, comma. Yeah, yeah. It would have been stylistically wrong, but it would have felt right. <laughs> and there's certainly nobody checking it on this special, except for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's the picture of some bumper cars. Oh, which have targets on the top. So I guess you're shooting each other's bumper cars with a laser gun. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I presume it's kind of bumper car laser tag type thing. Yeah. Mad Bazooka. Because this is one of the... Well, I don't think we got this proper list in the last no. article. The high-tech interactive rides, there are six of them, so I assume that that means there's one in each area. Uh -huh. These are the... What are they called again? Virtue... Virtue active, what was the word? Oh, oh, no, like future active. Future active, that's yeah. it, yes. These are these specifically, that's what these are. Aqua Planet, underwater adventure not to be splashed at, uh, and it's one of the ones... That's right. Some of these rides require the special visor headsets to be worn. Mm -hmm. So that this is one of those ones. You you happen to go on the Aquaplanet ride, you'll soon think, feel, and behave, comma, like you're swimming underwater. Incredible or what? The AS1 simulator, pitch your wits and piloting skills. Beast in the darkness, put your nerves to the ultimate test. Beast Ghost in hunt. the darkness. Cool. <laughs> Ghost hunt. You'd be a ghoul to miss it. Mad Bazooka, Dodgems with a Difference. We presume that means they're, uh, they work Shooting. with, a, with a, a laser tag version. And mm -hmm. Space Mission, Lift Off for Astronautal Action. <laughs> Astronautal? Astronautal. Astronautical? <laughs> Astronauticious. <laughs> <laughs> and they say it'll take you about four hours to get through the whole thing. But don't worry, there are eating facilities, amenities, and not forgetting the all-important Sega World souvenir shop. Love that. It's going to take four hours. You're going to be locked in a building, but don't worry, there's a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Sega World Far Out Facts and Figures. It holds 3,000 visitors at any one time. It's 110,000 square feet. Okay. The high-tech attractions are a $1 billion research and development. That's not an right. answer. That's nonsense. <laughs> That's, That's not that, nothing. right? Yeah. Can't wait to see the $1 billion research and development when I visit. The rocket escalator, because remember we learned the idea of this is that when you yeah. enter an escalator takes you up to the top and then you when will you go, go through it, you work the way an down. escalator. And it, do it sounds, doesn't it sound like a fairly wretched thing? Like, oh, you're going to go up an escalator. But no, everybody really liked it, who there I hear about screens around i guess that you could look at and it's 193 Maybe. steps mm. and then visitors expected in first year 1.75 million no specific figure on wikipedia but it does say that that target was not met oh dear we may have said some of this on the birthday episode but it mm. did however have an estimated 4 million visitors in 1998 after they changed everything to make it all free yeah, well yes not surprised well did you go to Sega World Boomers? Write in if you went to oh Sega God, World. Oh, yes, do. Yeah, let us know. stctpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us if you went, and tell us if you are a beast in darkness. <laughs> well, you know who was there 
<laughs> who is a beast in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> that was my brother, David, who does not want to come on to the show to share his stories. He was there in 1998. Oh. The good year, according to the... Uh, well, the good year for sales, not necessarily for content. For them. Well, no, he doesn't remember too much because he was quite sick at the time, unfortunately. Oh, dear. Oh, it'll be that rocket escalator, I should imagine. It's all the G-forces. He speaks very well of the escalator. Does he? I said to him, I said, apparently Dave says everybody speaks well, but what was so good about it? And his response was, lights. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I think it seems to, that it's just like a tunnel of lights that you just feel a little bit like you're going up a space escalator in some way. Uh, yeah. He says they had Sonic the Fighters there, and he was blown away by that because he had no comprehension of its existence before then. Uh-huh. But his big memory was of the AS-1 simulator, the flight simulator ride. Oh, okay. Not, you understand now, because of the, anything of the content of the simulator, but because of what occurred upon oh. it. Oh. Now, he went with my dad, uh-huh. and it was just the two of them because he was going after passing his 11 plus. Oh. And my dad doesn't enjoy rides. <laughs> he doesn't enjoy rides. I can't imagine there's a lot at Sega World for a dad. You well, know? you know, I think any sensible dad or parent can enjoy a wee flight simulator or type oh, ride or whatever. But he's never done very well on them. And... Uh, Basically, him and and David are clattering around inside the flight simulator, and he's roaring his head off. Jeez! (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when they step outside, there's the next two people waiting to come on. They look at the size of my father. We're a tall family. He's a large, and at this point in his life, big, burly, rugby-playing gentleman. I was going to say, yeah, a sportsman. And he's just been bellowing in terror so loudly (laughs) that everybody outside the simulator can hear it they looked at him they looked at each other and they walked (laughs) (laughs) I have two memories that I will now embarrass my father with of him not doing well on rides and one of them might might have been the very next year in fact that I was just talking about when we went to to America we went to America. America we went to Disneyland Space Mountain uh-huh. Which, uh, if you've ever been on it, you may know is an inside roller coaster in the dark. And uh, I remember whizzing around on Space Mountain and the sound from somewhere behind and off to the side, neoming along in conjunction with the zoom of the roller coaster. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I waited till you had a sip of water there on that one. Jesus! <laughs> 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 and the other story was a little ghost train in a fun fair. Hey, best thought. Here at home, where. <laughs> now, uh, I and one of my other brothers was in the cart up ahead. And oh, God help him, I think it was David again, uh, who was in it with Daddy. It was one of those ghost trains where a bloke in a bad mask actually comes out and goes, Rah! Oh, <laughs> actually, yeah. you know bloke in mask comes out and goes wah at my dad and my dad goes jesus and leans over so far that he tips the cart off the rail oh god i didn't know it's you could per- do a that. perfect ground level thing just a complete cheap and shitty little thing so me and the other brother are standing we've completed our thing and we've come out there and we're like where are they what's what's going on what's taking so long why, why are they not out yet <laughs> And then we find it. And the bloke in the mask has to come out and help lift, help my dad lift the cart back onto the rail again. Oh, whoops. Oh, I'll give you a hand there. Yeah. It's like a zombie or something. And oh, the brother's I'll... like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with Sega World, but... Uh... And to do with summer. 
Yeah, as my dad doesn't go on rides anymore. He can't now, but he gave up on going on rides. Pretty much, I think, right after that, that was it. He was done, mm. he was done mm. with, with rides at that point. Once you've physically tipped over the car of the ride you're on, I feel like there's no going back from oh, that. Oh, no, not that. No, it was after Space Mountain, I think that was it for him. It would have been, I think, I'm pretty sure it was before that that the ghost train incident happened. But Not a very good war story, is it? Like, what was it that finally finished you off? Well. Well. <laughs> a little cheapened crap. <laughs> I've got a couple of complaints about this feature, Chris. This is where some of the worst comma stuff... Not necessarily some of the worst comma stuff, but this is where I was I was focused only on commas at this stage. It starts, get ready for the largest comma, interactive comma, indoor theme park on this planet. That's nonsense. No, no, you're right enough. Don't need any of those. No, interactive isn't part of a list of different descriptors. It's, it's what it is. It's an interactive no. indoor theme park, and this is the largest interactive. But no, they've listed it. The largest interactive indoor theme park. Top right, the most exciting phenomenon since a certain super blue hedgehog hit the scene doesn't that doesn't i don't blue hedgehog don't put a comma between blue and hedgehog there that that's not even oxford um Mm -hmm. bottom left of the second page you will be able to experience no less than six comma high-tech comma interactive rides comma exclusively designed six comma that's not what a comma's for yeah it's and it's all do you notice it's all the same Uh thing they're all being dropped into the middle of these Mm. things that use three words to describe something they think that's what because they think that yeah they're doing that on purpose they They really think that's meant to be that way it's not like some of the other ones that that feel like they're in the wrong place no that's a deliberate choice like for instance You'll think, feel, and behave, yeah, comma. Feel and behave, You'll think, comma. comma. Feel and behave, comma, like you're swimming. On the, that's a goof, you know? Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird way to write. These were professionals. Sega World, comma, is mm. set to open this August, comma, from 10 a.m. to 12 midnight, 364 days a year, yeah, except Christmas. Well, they were going hard on that. The huh? mission price will be around <laughs> will be around 10 to 15 pounds per adult, comma, with reduced pricing for children. Make sure you make a date with Sega World, comma, for future family entertainment. See, I think that one's all right but now i'm just really sensitive to them no it's not all right no, no it it's isn't, n- is no, it? no i was gonna say it's not all right but if you read the comma as imagine if this was supposed to be read out loud and the yes. comma was there yes. as an indicator for where you should pause for a dramatic effect yes but not actually literally as written out it makes it sound like someone on the telly doing an advert but that's not what make sure you make it it with sega world for future family entertainment. Sorry, put, sorry, put the YouTuber voice on there for a moment. But uh... <laughs> Sonic versus Short Fuse, written by Lou Stringer, art by Mike Hadley, letters by Ellie Deville. While visiting Techno the Canary at her workshop, Short Fuse is hunted down by a trio of egg robobadniks who plant a control device on the cybernic that puts him back under Doctor Robotnik's command. At Robotnik's direction, Short Fuse attacks Sonic and the Freedom Fighters in the Rocky Desert Zone. The two heroes fight to a standstill, whereupon Techno arrives and manages to free Short Fuse from the control disc. The outlaws all part as friends, but Robotnik is already planning to take control of Short Fuse again. Permanently. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. Yeah! Is this Short the Fuse? second appearance of Techno? It is! We were, we've were we been sitting here wow. talking about how we weren't going to see Techno again for a year because, you know, it is a long yeah. time before she reappears in the main comic. But no, she last appeared in issue 67, so it's about 13, 14 issues since she uh, last showed up. So that's only about six or seven months since she last showed up in the main thing. So uh, uh-huh. an unexpected place to see her again, but yeah. a welcome one to be sure. Definitely. And it all it does is it continues the vibe set down by the first strip that we're 
reading an STC special. It's yeah. short fuse and techno, you guys. And techno. So you described her as the man in the chair for short fuse when we first met her, I think. And I'd forgotten that because, you know, later in the series, she's going to be paired up with Amy. And that yeah. will be her new identity is like Amy and techno. To be honest, I don't know if she ever actually will be that again. It's just kind of what she was in that first strip. But the thing is, she but is, then, hey, here we she go. She is it now. Yeah, this is what she is now. When yeah. she first appears in this, she is on a, you know, computer desk pressing buttons. as it Doing were. Tests. <laughs> they don't matter to the story. They have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> They're just a reason for it's, Short Fuse can't just visit her to say hello and have a cuppa. Yeah. It's because she's doing tests. The yeah. result and and the results are great. <laughs> Whatever they were, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where her name Techno comes from. I forget this as well, that she's the techno one. For short views, originally. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that her technical skills will ever disappear or be downplayed. I mean, I think that's what she... That's the deal with her partnering up with Amy. You know, Amy is the action hero and Techno is the brains. You know, that's, Right, that's, I don't remember. I don't know. I think, I'm stressing think, to describe their partnership. But I think that's what makes those characters work together. Is like Techno is yeah. the, the hands-on, inventory, brainy type. And Amy is the make-the-plan, charge-into-action type. And so here Techno is, in a comic that keeps cutting between... Amy and Techno, but as far as I know, they haven't met yet, have they? Well, they've only been in one story, so no. Yeah. Well, I can't remember if they met in it. <laughs> I mean, well, well, no. Li- I mean, literally, this is the issue where the Freedom Fighters meet Techno for the first yeah. time, because when she shows up at the end to save Short Fuse, oh, Sonic yeah. goes, who are you? I'm a friend of Short Fuse. Just bim, yeah. bish, bosh, don't. I mean, it didn't even occur to me at, as I opened the strip that they'd never met each other, but I'm like, no. the story takes the time to be like, yeah, this is their first meeting. Here's a little bit of... STC history coming so it's important. in here. Yeah, it's it's important. important. This yeah. is an issue of STC. Yeah. For the first time. It only took them three goes. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Although, that said, it is Mike Hadley on the art. And I'm not necessarily knocking Mike Hadley. I've always spoken well of him as the sort of yeoman of the comic. Who, if you uh-huh. needed a strip done, he would reliably be there to come in. Uh-huh. But he does feel like he belongs to a slightly older era of the comic at this point now. Um, I will agree with that, but I do think, particularly in the final strip that we'll get to in a bit, I do think he's doing a fine job of imitating the house style of STC, which means drawing like Richard Elson. Oh yeah, once again, he's got the Elson reference, because there are yeah. some images, things, not so much in this strip, but in, in the final strip when we'll come yes. to it, he's literally just copying Richard Elson panels. Yeah, but he's doing it in a way that doesn't feel like somebody tracing it. You know, it does yeah, seem yeah, yeah. like... it. I think this is a well-drawn comic, and it feels slightly off, but only slightly. I'm not in love with his rendition of Short Fuse. He's a big, fat man. Mm, yes, the proportions are a little bit off. You can see how someone would get from the rather broad, stocky figure that Carl Flint drew to this further Game of telephony style misinterpretation of it that just makes him look like a big chubbo. <laughs> Especially whenever it's being set right, you know, over in the main comic now, we've got adorable rendition of him by Nando <laughs> Kitchen in, in, in oh, yeah. the Revolution. You know, yeah, big head, little body, more please. I love the drawing he gives us, though. A very cool visualization of what it's like to be under Robotnik's control. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Short fuse, like having been zapped, having been taken control of, he essentially, like, falls backwards out of the sky, which is now just a giant, you know, Lion King-esque face comes <laughs> yeah. out of the clouds of Robotnik bearing down on him, filling the sky. Oh, it's amazing. 
You are now under my control. You will obey my orders. And my first command is for you to find and destroy Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And another little... I'm going to commit this to memory now. I'm going to commit the Rocky Desert Zone to memory. Mm-hmm. Because every time Stringer makes up a zone, he uses it again later. Right. So that's, that's going in the old brain bag Rocky now. Desert We're going to see if the Rocky Desert Zone turns <laughs> up again in the future. I feel like you could stumble upon that name if anyone was trying to make up a Desert Zone True. name. You know. Mind you, speaking of things appearing in the future, the way the strip ends... And now that I know how to take control of the Cybernic, I'll make sure my next attempt is permanent the end but keep reading sonic the comic Mm. for future developments does it come back i dave don't dave (laughs) no dave (laughs) oh it's great to be living these times Last panel on page 32 looks like, but isn't, Amy casually blowing short fuse to bits with a crossbow bolt. Bit, yeah, just because that's <laughs> the position short fuse is in in the previous panel. Yeah, because Son- he knocks Sonic out of the air, and then as Sonic sits up, something is exploding there. I mean, you can see that for the way Sonic is facing, you should be able to tell that the camera has rotated, but it's just the very yeah. precise positioning of the figures. Yeah, it just lines up exactly. It's to go along with the way Tails is destroying the other. There are three egg robos. Short fuse takes out mm. one, then he gets the control disc on him and then there are the other two that follow him for the attack and we're supposed to be seeing Tails and Amy taking out the other two in the background while Sonic fights Short Fuse but, uh, I'm always pleased to see an Egg Robo whenever they show Egg Robo? Yeah I mean yes, yes they are I lean just... towards the Egg Robo <laughs> I think they're here because if you're going to send a badnik out on a very specific mission to plant something on somebody, you probably want to send one with thumbs. It's got thumbs, yeah. yeah. I haven't got anything else to say about this trip, have you? No, it's just a fight otherwise, you know. But And I also like the way that it's not, you know, pushed to the point of desperation or anything, but... Um, they're evenly matched. You know, they're properly punching each other at the same time, leaving each other dazed. You know, Short Fuse's armor could stand up to Sonic's spin attacks. Sonic Mm -hmm. and Dodge, Short Fuse's lasers. It's not Stringer being all creators petty with Short Fuse and letting him beat Sonic, or, or ever truly depicting Sonic as being on the losing end or in real danger of being defeated by Short Fuse. It's more about presenting Short Fuse and Sonic as being equally strong in their own unique ways in, in such a way that this fight could go on for a scarily long time. Yeah, that's great, because I was sort of concerned when they brought Short Fuse in that, does this undermine Sonic? Because this guy is definitely... He could be more powerful than Sonic, because he's got this impenetrable armor on, he's got laser guns, he's a superhero on Mobius. But no, this shows that actually they're kind of evenly matched, and they do much better as allies, and yeah, yeah, I think there's real value to this. And Sonic's all cool with it as well. I mean, there's been a few bits, you know, where they've traded witty superhero barbs back and forth with one another, but he doesn't feel threatened by Short Fuse Mm. because he's Sonic. He knows he's the best guy. It's like, if someone else wants to pitch in and join the fight, that is all fine and dandy with me. Mm. You know, you weren't tricked and punched me in the face the first time we met. That's why I don't get on with Knuckles. Mm -hmm. You're all right. (laughs) (laughs) You were tricked and punched me in the face the second time we met. Short Fuse apologizes for causing any trouble, and Sonic says, forget it, buddy. Everybody has an off day. Except for me, of course. That's good Sonic dialogue! <laughs> good thing, yeah. And then Short Fuse leaves, saying, let's hope the next time we meet, it'll be as allies. Count on it, friend. Bye! <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> in the corner. Toodaloo. Yeah, there's no, you know, there's no angry Marvel superhero. They did the angry Marvel superhero team up thing already in that story yeah. with Knuckles, wherever yeah, yeah. the Short Fuse and Knuckles had a fight. And now it's like, Short Fuse is a cool guy. <laughs> He's out there doing his own thing, fighting a good fight. It's good. But now, yeah, now I'm like, well, what happens next with this control plot? I don't know. Let's find yeah. out. Next time we meet, I mean, you did. It was two issues ago when you came in to help fight Brutus <laughs> in that one story. <laughs> what? Two issues ago? Yeah, we recorded this one intending it to be released when the special did, uh, which was between issues number 81 and 82. Uh, but then I went on holiday and, you know, I didn't get much editing done on holiday. So this has come out a couple of weeks later than we thought and the following exchange does not take that into account. Yeah, this special should have come out a month ago. Yeah. It's not like with the Knuckles special where it feels like it was meant to. I suppose I suppose if the Knuckles special had come out when it was originally solicited to come out in in April and then perhaps this yes. would have been meant to come out on the date that the Knuckles special got pushed to. Yeah. Then it would have come out and all this stuff would have been done and dusted and the way would have been clear for uh it's weird in a fun way though how much uh overlap there is with the content mm. of this special and what's going on in the comic mm, literally yeah. right now with yeah. supersonic and short fuse which is fun in a way because it means if a kid picks up this special when it comes out and they're like hmm and they think maybe i've never checked out that sonic comic that's out right now yeah if they did then go and pick up the current issue that was available on shelves or are about to become available on shelves they would get more short fuse and more supersonic it's good though, isn't it it is well it's been good up till now i think it's about to take a bit of a drop as we head towards the end here <laughs> Now, this one's a bit of a page filler, let's be honest. It is, um, but it's of the sort of thing I usually appreciate. And I think I appreciate it here. Um, it's called Cybernick, the Inside Story. And basically, it's a cross-section of the Cybernick armour to show you where Shorty fits into the armour. Which is, that's a question I've had in mind. Particularly, I think we both commented on the tail. How's mm. he got his tail in there? And the tail is in the tail, by all goes appearances, but it it's, it's kind of stumpy, yeah. Yeah, as you say, it's a cutaway diagram that's got numbered things that illustrate where all the absolutely meaningless little technical governs is. Yeah, I used to like to draw this sort of thing myself. Like, here's how the robot works. So it shows you, like, how he gets his oxygen. There's a little straw going in through his mouth from a tank. Well, that's his limited internal oxygen supply, which, you know what? I've just suddenly turned myself around on it because, of course, we remember when Short Fuse was dropped in the ocean at the end of the mm. story and he was able to survive for a little while because he had an yeah. internal oxygen supply. So you pretty much have to assume Lou Stringer, I don't think he drew it, but he must have... Well, somebody who was paying attention yeah. remembered that he's supposed to have an internal oxygen supply and put it in there. Yeah. So fair play, actually. And it's all just things like the V on his head, that's a radio antenna. <laughs> yeah. And... I mean, that's about it, you know? It's yeah. just armoured tail with the... His power cells are in the tail. He's got a cybernetic brain interface, a digitised health monitor hooked up to his heart. Ooh. And yeah, it's just some made-up words about what different bits of his armour do. Yeah. Doesn't really tell us anything. It's a little page filler, but it's all right, actually. It's, it's, it's kind of like a profile for, for Shorty. Yeah, basically. And it especially makes sense because we've just had a Cybernix story, so it's good to have a profile mm. of who he is. And also, he was mentioned in the interview, so it's good to have a be properly fully introduced to him in this. It makes it more of a complete piece. This is yeah, it's, it's a good special, this. It's a good special, honestly. 
I mean, then we turn the page and we get the the classic. Right. Uh, Here we go. We get the Here classic kind of feature you get in these kind of things. Yeah. How to draw Sonic, and it's really good. It's, this... They let Richard Elson just write this. Yeah, they've just let him do whatever he wants. Like, give us a few pages that properly teach you how to draw Sonic, and he has. There's no pissing about. You can tell he wrote it because the commas are under control. And it really does teach you how to draw Sonic, assuming that you have a certain amount of artistic ability, which is the only kids who are going to try. It's actually useful. They really had a long shelf life, these pages did. Mm -hmm. Putting the circles together and how to, you know, the old tricks, uh, like with drawing with human features, about the Mm. old inverted triangles and the measure and the distance of the eyes across the face. It shows you where to draw the dotted lines to measure out where to put the spikes and how to position the eyes and ears and stuff like that. That's the interesting one, yes, is the one where he goes, like, if you kind of follow the curve of the eyes up to the point where they make a point further than the eye that's your ear put that there it's good it's really good and it's presented as well it's mi5 mobius intelligence 5 <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay classified i suppose I the real mi5 is just because there was four other ones and it's the fifth one right like that's, <laughs> i don't know because <laughs> of the mi6 i don't know or maybe there was five original spies who worked there <laughs> They're the MI5. But anyway, it's these top secret files, and we're looking at someone who's uncovered the files, and he's like getting them out of the manila folders and holding them up and shining a torch at them to look at them in the dark. The first page is how to draw him in his classic three-quarters pose. Then it's front, back, and side. And then the next page is like, here's some other stuff. Here's where you do your foreshortening, your fist out. Yeah, the Elson posing. And uh, how to draw Sonic moving really fast when you're feeling really lazy. (laughs) Yes, which is when he's just that oval with spikes coming off it. And in this panel, we see that it's Robotnik that's Mm. found these files. Because we're still looking from over the shoulder, but now we can see his head. And then, do you not get the sense? Then it goes weird. Yeah. Don't you get the sense that this was supposed to be lettered by somebody and maybe the letterer just wasn't available that day or something? Possibly. I mean, what happens is the drawing pages have up to this point been shown they're black and white and yep. then the, the background and the manila folders and the hands and the torch looking at them, they're all in colour. Then on the final page of these four pages, in a fully black and white panel, we yeah. see Robotnik scattering the pages and the folders. Why is he now black and white? With a big angry blah, throwing them all in all directions. Yeah, why is he? Why is he black and white now? And then the next panel shows a full-color Sonic. It's gone duck-a-muck. Mm. There's a full-color Sonic holding a piece of paper in which the panel of Robotnik doing that is drawn. Mm. And then Sonic reaches in and, and erases Robotnik, who has a very distressed look on him as he is erased. Yeah. Then turns to the audience and says, for your eyes only, but it's lettered by computer by the looks of it, and it's bad. Yeah, in a really weird font that nobody has ever used in STC and, and never should, because it's very, very pixelized. Mm. I, it really seems to me like there was supposed to be lettering on this page. It's gone in a very weird meta direction. Mm. Who's responsible for this? I demand that you show yourself! Uh, should mention, just for the sake of interest, that these, uh, it, they're computer-coloured pages as well. Mm. Uh, by which I mean flat, flood-filled. Yeah. Just, you know, remember that for the future. But we're not done yet. I thought we were flipping the page to the last strip mm. because I forgot the last little feature we got. Because so did history. Oh, this is a news zone. It is a news zone, isn't it? Yeah. News zone. Saturn steams up with Sonic, Sonic Extreme. Wow. Yes, it's official. I'm just going to read this because this is yeah, a historical document. Yeah. Yes, it's official. Sega's cool 
comma, blue comma, hero comma. Jesus! <laughs> Sega's cool, blue, hero, leapfrogs onto the Saturn later this year with an all-action comma, comma, 3D game comma, comma, that will surely make you go gaga. It's official, Chris. It's like they had a big bag of commas <laughs> that they were told they had to use all of them by the end of the comic. Yeah, cool. Well, they had the year's supply of commas, and you have to get them all in at the end. This is the last editorial or text page they could put them all in. <laughs> it's official, Chris. Sonic Extreme's coming out. Oh, official. absolutely. That it, is well, official news. 100% be happening. It really, it really mm -hmm. happened. But unlike traditional two-dimensional platform games, yep. Sonic X Dream will be using Saturn technology to the full, Can't enabling wait. Sonic to move 360 degrees in all directions, cool. as well as in and out of the screen to produce spectacular graphics and gameplay. Cannot wait for that. Sonic X Dream, comma, will see the return of I got, a, I got a perfect paragraph! <laughs> No commas! <laughs> well, there are commas, but no misplaced commas. <laughs> yeah. We'll see the return of Archvillain... There, what an achievement. Well done, editorial. <laughs> Little round of applause. You made it through a paragraph. <laughs> we'll see the return of Archvillain Dr. Robotnik, who once again, comma, is on extremely bad form. Uh, no, extremely... bad form. Yes. Semicolon. This time, he attempts to get his itchy finger on the six, comma, magical comma, rings of order. Oh, he's going to get his itching finger on the ring of order. Master Ringsmith and Professor Bubowski are just two of the new characters who try to keep old egg breath at bay, but unfortunately, no comma before but there. <laughs> but unfortunately, they get kidnapped in the process. The quest for his Sega spikiness is to rescue his friends, defeat Robotnik, and restore peace. But hey, that shouldn't be a problem. And we know it's Professor Bubowski, but they put Buboski. Oh, so they have. I, I, yeah. I just said it that because I knew that's because we is. knew that. Or I suppose it could be Bubowski. I don't know. So interesting thing about this is, okay, this is completely made up. Uh. Excuse me? Yeah, I was just doing some reading about this. You mean this didn't happen in real life? The rings <laughs> of power aren't real? No, the story about the rings of order, which is obviously a, an interesting uh, counterpoint to the Chaos Emeralds. Rings yeah. of order. Yes. Um, yeah, wait a minute, yeah. yeah um, the character of Professor Bubowski hmm. was in the work, and his daughter Tiara, Tiara who they have mistakenly represented here as the Master Ringsmith. Which was oh, supposed yes. to be a skill she possessed. Yes. But uh, these were characters that were being developed for Sonic Extreme, yes. But this whole concept of the Rings of Order, that was made up for a story that ran about Sonic Extreme in Electronic Gaming Monthly. Oh. Bef because they hadn't decided on the story. And when they were being interviewed about the game, they needed to tell them something about the story. So they made that up. They hadn't settled on the story of the game yet, but that was just the thing they tossed out that day as a potential story for what the game might be about. There are a bunch of different story oh. concepts for the game. Uh, I don't know if any of them were ever more finalised than the other, but this one, fully made up for an interview in uh, in Electronic Gaming Monthly. Huh. And recycled here because that's what happened. Because, because why that's why it's they, the, yeah. the most well-known story associated with the game. Well... Sonic even polishes up on some fancy footwork for this forthcoming Saturn adventure. In addition to his favourite, Spin Dash, new moves include the Spin Slash and the Sonic Streak. <laughs> Sonic is always streaking. Yeah, normal for him. 
Sonic Extreme will be bulging with new oh dear, what an unfortunate <laughs> word choice. <laughs> will be bulging with new power-ups, bonus rounds, secret areas, and more surprises, all of which you'll have to discover for yourselves when fingers crossed <laughs> the game is released towards the end of this year. Not a chance. It never happened. It never happened. It never happened. I thought the time when we could say it never happened was long past. <laughs> yeah. But this is perhaps the biggest it never happened to do with Sonic ever. ever. Yeah. Keep your nose to the ground for future news and eye-popping graphics on Sonic Extreme in Sonic the Comic, the UK's official Sega comic. Oh, well. It would not be officially cancelled until halfway through 1997. Oh, wow. Yeah. Apparently, I was I was doing just reading it quickly. Uh, some of the people working on it just got took ill uh, mm -hmm. at unfortunate times, mm -hmm. and it didn't make its end of year. I mean, obviously there were many other problems yeah. that went into it, but one of the last things that happened was that the the reason it wasn't able to meet its deadline was that two of the lead programmers took ill or were indisposed. I just I didn't expect to turn the page and see this. I know. It's, uh, we we've had the vaguest allusion towards it in STC already when they talked about a Sonic yeah. game coming for the Saturn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not even for the Saturn. I just, I just think they said there was a new game coming because mm. we said they wouldn't technically be liars because Sonic 3D would happen. <laughs> yeah. In STC, we've seen a lot of the accoutrements of femininity showing up in graphic zones and so on. And we don't, that's not something that we subscribe to anymore. You know, that's all fallen away. And could it be that the very apex moment at which that had to start to reverse was the name Tiara Bubowski? Surely that is the very point at which we couldn't go down that road anymore and you know you hear that name and you do immediately assume it must have been a terrible human and they were planning to ruin the sonic games <laughs> a few years ahead of time but no she was supposed to be a manx cat and you know and she wasn't even particularly jobly <laughs> go starry-eyed win a sega saturn it's a compo to win a Saturn. A great big picture of a Saturn all the way over across the page. One of the, possibly the first, certainly one of the first uh, images of what it would actually look like here rather than the Japanese sort of light grey or white version of it. Mm. That might not be true. Satisfy your thirst for ultimate gameplay, comma, with a Sega Saturn. <laughs> the 32-bit, comma, comma high-powered, comma, comma sleek-looking, comma, comma, gaming machine, comma, comma, is guaranteed to send your cred rating sky high. Flash it off to your friends and give your foes the flack. Mm. All you have to do, comma, is answer the following question. They do read more like pauses, mm. don't they? Let me, let me, hang on. Let me perform a dramatic okay, reading of this. <laughs> the 32-bit, high-powered, sleek-looking gaming machine. See, now there's, there's, you don't want to no. put a pause you in see, it. Gaming machine. Work, no. Gaming machine is guaranteed to send your crate rating sky high. Flash it off to your friends and give your foes the flack. All you have to do is answer the following question. A lot of them read like dramatic pauses. Although, mind you, they've been also included a dramatic pause, flash it off to your friends, dot, 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 and give your foes the flack, so... It, it reads know. like it was dictated, doesn't it? That someone took it all down and just put the comments wherever they paused. Maybe that's it, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe somebody dramatically dictated or paused it back <laughs> The following question is, Saturn is a planet, comma, in our solar system. 
How many planets in the solar system are there altogether? Is it 15, 12, or 9? Mm. Keeping in mind, it was 1996. <laughs> Movie Madness. Written by Lou Stringer, art by Mike Hadley, letters by Ellie DeVille. When Sonic discovers that director Steven Squealbird is planning to make a movie about him, he heads for the film studio to audition for the role of himself. Unsurprisingly, Squealbird turns out to be a disguised Dr. Robotnik, who has used Sonic's vanity to lure him in and trap him and the Freedom Fighters with his new, super-sticky, quick-drying mega-glue. But nothing's quicker than Sonic, and before the glue can fully harden, the cool blue one envelops Robotnik in the goop as well. Robotnik is forced to employ the special solvent that dissolves the glue, setting both himself and the heroes free, and beats a quick retreat. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying this is necessarily rubbish or anything, uh -huh. but is there some contractual obligation that every summer special has to involve Robotnik trapping Sonic in a in disguise? In a disguise. I never thought of that, yeah. Dr. Sun in 94... Yeah. Ryan O'Neill in 95, <laughs> right. Steven Squealbird in 96. Come on, guys. And if it was going to happen in any of them, it would be this one. Because this one is called Movie Madness. And I basically saw the title to this one and had to fight tooth and nail to keep reading. It's just one of those ones that Movie Madness. Double doo doo. Yeah. But it's, but, it, but it's fine, though. It's good, though. It's fine. It's fine. It, it's funnier in the year 2022. Whenever there yes. have been two massively successful Sonic films. I suppose so, yeah. But it is the kind of story that you would expect to read in a summer special. The yes. other two are well above the level of anything yes. that we expected going into this. It's still not too bad because we've got the proper STC Trooper Badniks. Yep. And I also like mm -hmm. that Tails has respect on his name. Oh. You know, we can see the influence of Lou Stringer's handling of the character f from the last couple of months in the comic uh -huh. coming through here. Tails is the one who is like, careful, it could be a trap, but we're very used to hearing that out of Tails and to seeing yeah. Sonic brush that off. But Tails persists with it. It's not just some random thing to have a Sonic delivery yeah. equip and then move on. Tails breaks off from the others has a nose about mm. and finds that Squealbird's film crew are trooper badniks in disguise, apparently disguised as people, hideously. Yes, they kind of um, pull flesh suits over themselves. Mm. Like muscle suits, almost, in fact. Yeah, almost. Yeah. They seem to be muscly, these suits. They grab Tails and then hold him mm. for the rest of the strip while, uh, I mean, this is it, the glue is sprayed out of a camera. So that's, you know, they get him in front of the camera, which is really just getting him to stand in front of a target and be sprayed with the glue. And while they're dealing with the glue, Tails just single-handedly beats the badniks that have taken him prisoner. He yeah. uses his flying skills to weave around in between their shots and get them to zap each other. And it's yeah. like, respect on Tails' name. Stringer is clearly insistent and persistent on treating this character well. <laughs> Unnecessary dialogue, but that I enjoyed, where they're covered in this glue, and Amy goes, Sonic, that camera is some kind of weapon! He goes, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I call it Mega Glue. It hardens in seconds, and only I have the antidote. <laughs> <laughs> the antidote to glue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that as a concept. Oh, like, you've got the antidote to tables, you're just you're rifling through the shelf, there's the antidote to cups. Here we go, the antidote <laughs> to glue. <laughs> you can really see some panels in this, though, where it does look like he's just copying panels of... Uh, yeah, sure, of yeah. Artwork. Like this panel here on page 44, wherever he 
well, it's like he's laughing at Squealbird, but laughing at a joke. Not even, no, just, he's supposed to just be making a happy expression. Yeah. And he has copied, line for line, the panel where Sonic laughs at Captain Plunder, mm. telling him that Dr. Robotnik will never get the Chaos Emeralds from Captain Plunder's first strip 60 issues ago. Yes, that's that's absolutely true, but for some reason I appreciate it. I prefer that, I think, to... Some of the times, which we haven't had for a very long time, but back in the old days where we would get some people who just can't draw Sonic. Um, <laughs> yeah. And some who can't draw. And um, overall, yeah, I, I really like this art. It's really full. The, all of the zipping about with the glue and stuff is really good. He was, he was always a pretty solid artist, you know. I just think that he does feel like he belongs to a slightly earlier era of the comic than where we are now. You know, I think maybe just the addition of Nigel Dobbin to the comic, to me, marks a kind of an artistic... Now there's two really, 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 really good artists working on the comic instead of one really good artist and yeah. a bunch of other alright guys, yeah. the way it's been up till now. <laughs> Never mind the art, though. This, as a story, this is... You know, something from another era. Yeah, but not in the not in not in the rubbish way. No, in the I guess even when we've done underwhelming Sonic Summer specials, I've always maintained that something about them makes me feel good because you should have a slightly crap summer special in the car on holiday, and this is like a good version of that. It's the sort yeah. of thing you get in those sorts of things. Only it's quite good though. <laughs> it's a little weird that this story is in this special with the story in which. Robotnik only engaged Sonic in a massive killer spider mechanoid and Sonic had to go supersonic to beat yes. him uh, you know versus putting on a rubber bird mask and spraying him with a camera <laughs> full of glue <laughs> these are not these are not the same <laughs> yes my memory of the future of STC is a bit like this where you've got like the serious stories that I take seriously as an older boy oh yes and then something silly that's seems to be for younger kids running at the same time and, and that that used I, I remember that annoying me i don't think it will this time because i think it's kind of appropriate now i think that is in general what in the flattening down of history is what shaped a lot of people's opinions of lou stringer's work on the comic versus nigel kitchings i will be interested to see how we deal with it feel about it when we encounter it going forward because i mean stringer's work on the comic for the last while has been mission statement stuff you know mm. he's been telling his own big stories with his own original characters and whenever he's been handed the reins to like amy and tails he's tried to take those characters onto the next stage yeah. of their own evolutions yeah. you know um but then you know there will be future stories in which the body is an animate potato so uh <laughs> we'll see i guess um I look forward to that one it's less about the tone though for me but about the fact that this is just not what robotnik does anymore Mm -hmm. that's more where i would have any issue with this is like robotnik doesn't put on a disguise and come out and do this to sonic anymore he's got people for this you know yeah but that's the thing i don't know if stringer will do stories like this mm -hmm. in the main strip whenever we move more into that period where that's what he's remembered for or yeah. not so that will be interesting to see. Yeah. Or if this is just a bit of... I mean, it's much like last year's summer special story was about Sonic and the gang being invited to a fake tropical resort. Mm -hmm. This is a story about the films. Yeah. The, going to the cinema, yeah. which is something you did on your summer holidays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, Stringer knows what he's at. What films... What films were out in this summer? Summer 96. Ooh, the summer of 1996. What did, what did we go Let's to get then? to Googling on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Summer of 1996, just rattling down through a list put together here on IMDb, so obviously yeah. notwithstanding the potential that some of these may not have had UK release dates concurrent with that, but Twister, <laughs> Mission Impossible, Dragonheart, The Rock, ooh, The Cable Guy, yeah. Hunchback in Notre Dame, uh, Naughty yeah. Professor, End of- Stop! We have discovered that the following reminiscences would be better suited to the upcoming episode 84. So, look forward to that. Summer of 96, there we go. I lovely. think that'll wrap things up nicely. This particular strip ends with Amy saying, Ah, oh, you could have become one successful screen idol, Sonic. Naturally, Amy, any movie with me as a star would be a smash hit. Prophetic. <laughs> Do you notice the little director's chair that says Richard, Richard Elson? <laughs> yeah. By the way, before we skip away, I do like a Robotnik riding away on his weird new egomatic thing. Yeah, I don't know what that's again. about. Yeah, little rocket. And B Sonic saying to him, "Dream on, Spud Nose." <laughs> Good comic good summer special with one last little thing here at the very end yeah inside back cover is a special pinup mm. now what on earth is this from it's a, it's a bit rubs isn't it yeah but i don't think it's been drawn for this no. that's the thing no, it, it, it looks, looks like, like a piece of stock art yeah it looks like it's to tie in with a game gear game something about it has that air i've had but... a look around but i can't find anything no. it is a panel of a, a miscolored all gray egg robo mm. all gray badniks being not unusual a sight in Sonic the Comic. In so, Sonic yeah. the Comic. It's up in the top left, and I mean, it's firing a big laser beam down and missing Sonic, who's leaping out of the way. And uh, then there's a couple of mush meanies, the mushroom badniks from Sonic yes. and Knuckles, bouncing around at the bottom. And um, that little uh, sort of mosquito sort of hummingbirdy sort of yes, thing. The... I don't know what it's called, and I don't even remember what level it's from. Well, I know it's from, I think it's from the Mushroom Hill Zone. So this is an all Sonic and Knuckles badnik illustration so theoretically it theoretically, should be from sonic, sonic and Knuckles, Knuckles. yes but now you notice though flip back mm. quickly to the sonic extreme page now doesn't that look like they've come from the same source yes and there's no background in that image of sonic jumping mm -hmm. it's just got a white background but they couldn't cut it all out and there's some metal paneling which could be death egg yeah and that saturn logo has just been dropped in they've made just it look like he's on. jumping off the logo as it were but yeah but yeah I don't know what the source yeah. is. I did some Googling, but I could not place the source of these images, but they don't seem to have been drawn for this. Mm. The bit of stucker. And then I can't make heads or bloody tails of the uh, of the text they've put on it, which says, mm. brackets, in brackets, mm. don't, and then a miss hit. Miss, miss hyphen hit. hit. Don't I miss think... it. Miss. I mean, it's supposed to be saying don't miss it. I think what we, yeah, but, I think what we've got is that the egg robo has missed Sonic with his laser, so it says miss hit, I, and then it's brackets don't miss it, as in don't miss it, as in Sonic the comic, which isn't mentioned anywhere on the yeah, page. Yeah, it's a it's it is in a sense the most charmingly shonky bit of rubbish <laughs> to yeah. end the summer yes. special on, just to give yeah. just to go along with the story we've just finished. Yeah. To make us feel like we've read a, a crappy summer special like exactly. from the last two years. Just to give when, you the right feeling. Yeah. You've got you've you've had your crappy summer special, you've got a little blind bag plastic toy that you're fiddling with, a my pet alien or a mini boggling or something, and you've got your But no, it's actually been really good. <laughs> when what we've really had has been the single best special that they have published. It's better By than any way. any of the previous holiday specials, including the Knuckles yep. one, it's better than any of the poster mags. Yeah. Uh, is it better than the Eternal Champions? special yeah uh, unless you're really into eternal champions yeah <laughs> it's better because it's sonic 
Um, no, a great special. I, yeah. I, I, if I had been a, a year Flipping or two rules. younger and had this on the yeah. car in the back seat, yeah, absolutely. That's this is what summer specials should aspire to. Yeah, absolutely, and, bit of work. and you know, that's a point. So I've said that this is like what I consider my my last like childhood summer holiday, and I think that if I was to delve through the tapes of that holiday, which I may do to drop some stuff into this episode, um, I bet I'll find that that's when I was trying a bit hard to still be a kid. You know, I'm trying to initiate games with Andy based around making little toys talk and stuff and not quite pulling it off anymore. Finding hair in places where there was no hair before. <laughs> yeah, I think so by now, yeah. There was one where um, uh, the, the previous couple of summers, me and Andy have had tremendous time playing with a little fish in a ball, and we're like, oh, I'm Mr. Fish swimming along in my magic bubble. Once upon a time, Mr. Fish was as happy as can be swimming along in his magical bubble. Yes, I'm as happy as can be swimming along in my magical bubble. And I try and initiate one of these, and my heart's not in it. I'm like, hello, Aww. I'm Mr. Fish. And then my brother is like, Mr. Fish played football. Here's some football. And starts talking about football, and I'm going like, no. no. And he's like, why not? Well, Mr. Fish was swimming along, and he kicked the ball. Yes, I'm as happy as can be swimming along and kicking the ball. And a strange chap came along. Oh no, a strange chap didn't come along, did he? The bloke said, I'm Terry Venables and I'm going to let you be in the England squad for your your own 96. (laughs) And we will be playing bloody blah 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 (laughs) blah. Well, here I am ready to play against bloody blah 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 blah. Unfortunately, it was, a, it was actually Switzerland. Yeah, but it was the team from Switzerland called Switzerland. Party blah 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 blah. Yes, they got into the quarterfinals where they played against Fadumsh, 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 Black Black, Kapustinsky, Beans, Beans, Beans. I'm trying to think of the real teams. All right. Well, no, because that's really boring, though. Because football is really boring. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. It's just really boring that I refuse to have anything serious about football on this tape. I want to finish it for Billy. Oh, go on then. Okay, so they played that team and they won because of Gaza and David Platt. They didn't win because of Mr. Fish, no. because he was still scoring goals in the... <laughs> You're being serious now. Not into football any more than I am, but he just was having a glimmering that year. He was trying... We were both pushing against the barrier, against the membrane of growing up a little bit. And the reason I bring it up here is that I have no memory of owning this. Except the How to Draw Sonic, yeah. which is like a grown-up thing. You know, that's a... I'm progressing on to be an artist. Except that you... Let's be clear for the listeners. You do own it. You're holding it in your hands. Oh, yeah, this is my copy your, here. From your collection, yeah. Yeah, this is mine. So I did have it. I just formed no memories of it. Whereas I did with, you know, the first summer special. Loads. I know, I know exactly what Zua was going around at the time. Do you know what I mean? Well, we have talked about how this year... and. Summer, more than any other point in this year, yeah. is a transition point. This is when you were caught in the limbo of maturity yeah. as you moved from one school to big school. Yeah. I am firmly thinking about girls at this point. <laughs> that is definitely happening. I, I'll retreat from the word firmly, but it was something that was keen in my mind at the time. And Sonic the Hedgehog, was he not? Maybe he wasn't? No, he was, because I've just had a lovely time with the Game Gear for a week. So There's just something about the way you phrased that there. On the, uh, right on the heels of talking about how you were firmly thinking about girls, <laughs> and you had a lovely time with the Game Gear for a week. You know? <laughs> that specific mixed tone is what life is at this exact time. We didn't realise we were going to have to relive these years whenever we started doing this podcast, did we? <laughs> we didn't think it is. 
We're having to relive puberty. I don't imagine it could have been this year, but I remember my voice changed over the summer holidays. I didn't notice it myself, you know? Yeah. No, nobody flagged it up to me in, in mm. particular. But I remember, I guess it was shortly before we were going back to school. I don't remember if it was this summer specifically, but let's say it was. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from a friend at school who needed to, I don't know, he needed to know something, you know? Mm. I picked up the phone and said hello, and he said, can I speak to Chris, please? And I was like, it's me. And he was like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> you know, he, didn't, he didn't know it was me because my voice had changed over the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's what was going on. Oh, okay. If we could like fast forward this part of the podcast <laughs> as a show just to get past these awkward years now and get back to the bit <laughs> when we enter second childhood. <laughs> what? You mean this? You mean doing this now? Yeah, just jump up to three years ago when we started right. doing the podcast. And so then start Sonic doing the Comic, the podcast, the podcast. The podcast, the podcast. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Just You're reviewing the old it. episodes. <laughs> Do you remember yeah, this okay. story about the Mega Drive <laughs> getting blown up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, that's enough of this. All yeah. Have a lovely summer, everybody. Assuming it hasn't finished by now, because of course I've got to edit this. And enjoy Sonic the Comic, the podcast. Uh, hang on, I almost had a transition, but then you started Sorry, my, my voice changed over this yeah. summer. You're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> if you're looking for more podcasts to while away those late summer evenings with, you'll be able to find them most places good podcasts are available, but you'll also download them directly from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com. This takes dosh. It does. There's all sorts of things to consider particularly the not doing of other things we could be doing instead of this to make dosh with and the fact that we are grown men so come and support us please but but if but if you do that if you do that you get stuff it's actually something of a smorgasbord of content at this stage we're talking hours and hours and hours of episodes and things not like this not like there are no missing comic episodes and never. there never will be but we have got we cover the martin adams novels we've got an interview with martin adams uh, or rather with james wallace the real writer who wrote sonic in the fourth dimension as martin adams and we've got my silly fanfic which i had written in exercise books over lunch times by this time in the comic and was about when my voice broke and i got all old and silly when when the stick of puberty was about to beat down as chris put it uh i was going to then write again in a more lofty manner and that is what i am reading to chris my my long fanfic sonic the hedgehog in the end of mobius and he's just having to put up with it I'm just, and you I, get to watch that it just occurs to me i'm just now starting to wonder yeah. are we gonna finish this yeah. before we get to the point where we will have overlapped with you rewriting it Ooh. time-wise like within the, within so within, but it's it might not be far off is it close thing yeah yeah well, join us on that race. Oof, it's mid-96 now. What is it, 97 you started doing it in? Yeah, yeah. 15, yeah, and it, yeah. Oh, Do you know what? It'd been early 97 as well. Ooh, it's getting tight. So join us on that and this Race Against Time, which is <laughs> more or less the, the secret message of the entire podcast. To complete this before we die. Yeah, you see, <laughs> put a, you open a comic, you know you're going to die. Um, <laughs> over at patreon.com forward slash STCTP and any amount of money, big or small, will get you all that content. If you want to check in on us and make sure that we're not dead yet, <laughs> uh, you can do that on Twitter, where you can follow the podcast at Sonic Podcast. We're both on there individually as well. You'll find me at Chris McFeely and myself at Demon Tomato Dave. Hey, you, leave a review. Go over to wherever podcasts are and put a 
five stars or ten stars, how many stars they have there, put them in and give us a review and say that you like it. And maybe we'll remember to look and see if you have. Perhaps they have been doing it. Ooh, we've gone up a spot on the Apple Podcast oh, Arts Chart in Honduras. <laughs> hey! Sadly, we're down 57 points on the Brazilian Arts Chart. Oh, what? They've abandoned us. Yeah, we're down oh, at 160 That's there. a lot, Brazil. Actually, uh, that's not bad. Frankly, the, the fact that we're in, we're in the top 150 in Honduras, we're number 150 there, and I'm like, the fact that that's even true is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Our theme song was Synchronized, that's by a band called Sonic the Comic, who you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com, but we have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast, the holiday special. We'll see you when it's time to go back to school next time. (laughs) Next time! (laughs) Right, tell us about the next thing. All right then, I guess this is feature... Just wait for this bus. And I'm away. Bye.